welcome to episode 31 of the Gold Card Podcast. Gentlemen, a toast, because uh, Worlds has started. Yay. That whole drinking from the fire hose thing. We also just got this crazy League 10 announcement. So Ooh. there's just been, we just got bombarded with everything like the last half hour and past couple days. It's been nuts. Super exciting time. Uh, I'm joined as always. We got the we got the full crew this time. The full crew on time. Everyone's here to start the podcast this time. So uh, I'm Vince Kaladi at Jaladi LOL. Uh, John George at the Sports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler Arsama. Hi guys. And I'm Chris Chung at Prime Time. Yo. One of these times I'm gonna have to mix the order up. I'm gonna I'm gonna like go in reverse <laughs> order and it's gonna trip everyone up. I'm gonna get like comments and everything. Well, it's just gonna happen. So. <laughs> Episode 31, we have the first round Robin worth of the main event group stage in the books. We have uh, all this other announcement stuff. We have some other news that we're probably going to skip for the time being on this cast. Um, I think we just get right into it, uh, right into it on all this stuff, because I think there's – we've only had a handful of games, but there's plenty to talk about with them and plenty of stuff to talk about moving forward. So um, we're going to dive right into it, but I briefly want to make a point about this because – it's something that's come up on Twitter over and over, and I think you guys would all agree with me on this. Let's cool the Jets and not overreact to three games. It's three best of ones. A lot of random things can happen in three best of ones. We saw that today. We saw that with Hong Kong Attitude today in G2. We saw uh, the weird fluky level one from Griffin. You can do whatever you want with these. I'm just saying don't overreact to things. Try to take the things that are worth, worth – and that's what we're going to go into tonight. We're going to try to draw – from the small sample size we have, the things that do matter, the things that could be the beginning of a trend, and the things that are probably just variance-based. So we're going to try to parse that out, move forward. Um, who wants to pick a group to start with? Let's just go in order. Let's just start with Group A. All right, we did, yeah, we did, we did backwards alphabetical, so we'll start with Group A. Uh, group A, so we have G2, 3-0, and o, uh, Griffin 2-1, and one, Hong, uh, Cloud9 1-2, and, and Hong Kong Attitude 0-3. I'll just put this out, whoever wants to answer first. So, for this group, I kind of think this is exactly how we expected it to go, right? In terms of, like, the actual record. Yeah. Yep. But record I don't was, know if yeah. the games went exactly the way we thought they'd go, right? That's what I would say. Like, the records are right, but the I think we've had some thoughts about the strength of the teams and stuff, given what we've seen here. Um. I think most of us, including me, would have said that Griffin and G2 was like a pretty tight matchup, and it's possible that Griffin could win this group, like coming into this. I think now it's really hard to argue that Griffin could win this group. Like G2 has looked, I mean, their last game they donked around a little bit, but they've looked unreal, and Griffin has looked pretty shaky. Um, G G two honestly are, are treating the world stage like they're treating the LEC like just full true. disrespect like, and it's it's crazy that they're three zero. If you go back and watch those games, is there another team in the world that could have their jungler go like o four to start the game like seventeen minutes in or whatever be o four and they just win the game anyway, or have their support go one five or whatever like Mickey did today and they just go on and win anyway? Like I'm not sure there's another team in the world any of them that could win with those performances from their, from single players. Their other players are just so good that they're like, ah, whatever Yankos is feeding. Like we'll just dumpster so hard that it doesn't matter that he's feeding. Like I'll go another layer deep one on you here. Uh, what, what other team in the world does that kind of thing? And you just know for a fact, they're not losing that game. I know. Right? <laughs> like, that's, like 
when Yankos was like 04, my buddy messaged me because he had he had Yankos in DFS. Oh, he had G2 in DFS, and he was like, I can't believe they're doing this. And I was like, I just don't see how they lose, dude. Like, I just don't see the it funny happening. Part, the funny part about this is that even when they're losing, the CS gold is actually not even, like, super far. They're either, like, ahead by a little bit or they're, like, down by, like, just a little bit. You know what I mean? They could yep. be losing, like, by, like, six kills, seven kills, but, like, they're really still in the game. I've always said that's one of my biggest metrics for like trying to decide how good I think a team is. Is some teams they're down three zero and they're down four thousand gold. You and other teams, yeah, they go down three zero and they're up gold. And you're that's how you can tell the like that a team for me is better than their opponents. If they're losing in kills but winning in gold, they're just significantly better than their opponents. Because gold gold is a this is something that you see in almost every game where there's resources and like like uh like an economy element to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You see it specifically in like RTS games is like a, a, the other main spot you see this is the players that have the best economy are, are most of the time just better. Like it's, it's a more consistent measure of success because it's repeatable because mm-hmm. it shows that you have good fundamentals and you have a good understanding of the bigger picture. Right. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I mean, I just, I think I posted it in our group chat. Like you guys saw that, I was I literally just screenshotted the gold at different points in that game this morning for G two and Hong Kong Attitude, and I was like, oh, they're down eight to three. They're still like tied in gold. Yep. yep. They're down. They're down seven to three. They're up a thousand gold. Like it wasn't until Hong Kong Attitude broke that that mid tower that that like they actually were in like even on gold. Yeah. They were only ahead of in gold for that. Like I didn't look at the actual match history, but I bet they were only ahead of in gold in that game for like three or four minutes. It wouldn't be too long, no. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It's just a master class from G two so far this tournament. Even though like other players have been inting, it, it doesn't even matter. It's been a master class from them. And G and Griffin for me has looked pretty shaky. Mm. Um, I went from a hundred percent certain that Griffin and G two were getting out of this group to like I think Cloud Nine has a shot. I don't think it's good, but I think Cloud Nine has a shot to beat Griffin in the second round robin. Yeah, I, I just don't know that I think they could beat them twice in a row to actually move on, but I, I think they could beat them in the second round, Robin. See, I'm I, I kind of am the opposite. I think I think their time to beat them was this morning, and I, I I tweeted a lot about this game. You guys all know I'm like a bit of a Griffin fanboy, so I'm a little bit biased mm-hmm. there, but I try to remove my bias from this because when I saw that draft, I was like, Cloud Nine's going to win this game. Yeah, like I, I saw that draft, I was like, the the Sona the Sona Tom Kench was absolutely brilliant about again the Sona Time Kench was absolutely brilliant the blind pick Fiora basically calling the bluff was was brilliant to me this by the way this is a reason people like Cloud9 at Worlds because Reaper knows what he's doing like he knows how to attack these eastern teams he had a background doing all that like he's had success with it over the years Really, I mean, you could make an argument that he he's one of the best coaches on the planet in any region because oh, I agree. if you consider like you got to kind of remove, you got to look at this as a, like relatively speaking, right? By NA standards, he has great players, right? Like they have good enough players to just win that way. If you once you get to the international stage, you look at like Sneaky and Zazel are not an international quality bot lane, not even close. I, I would argue they're probably the worst bot lane in the main event. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe Hong Kong team. attitudes. I don't know, but mm. you could you, yep. you could make an argument they're the worst bot lane in this tournament. I think they were playing bot lanes that were as good. As they as good as they were, right? Yeah, I thought Flamingo's bot lane was as good as they were. I thought I thought Detonation Focus Me's bot lane was as good as they were. I thought UOL and um, uh, Royal, Royal Blizzard. Youth. So yeah. like, they're not good, 
and I like I know that's not a thing because I know I know especially Sneaky's extremely popular. Sneaky hasn't been good for a long time, guys. No, and and he's worse and worse every year. Like and, he's been noticeably really bad this year. The thing is, Reaper always finds a way. He always finds a way to 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 hide his flaws or like hide the weakness on the roster. I think this meta is outstanding to be able to hide hide a weaker bot lane so that they don't have to play straight up. Yep. You know, because you got to treat this like guerrilla warfare a little bit. Like, because to me, Cloud Nine are not liquid. No. Like, Liquid is good enough pound for pound to actually just play straight up against these teams and win. We've seen that. They just did it again. They just did it again against Invictus, right? So, it's weird. I I think Cloud that draft today was so, so perfect, and they still lost that game on one mistake. One mistake. They made one mistake. And it was a stupid yeah. mistake, and I think that's not something they're going to do again, but... Yeah, and that's I think that's the knock on Griffin. The knock on Griffin is that it's taken mistakes for them to get both of their wins. Yep. And I do think I yeah, like I think Cloud9 could have won today. I I am happy to see like one que- the big question mark I had for Cloud9 and I wrote it up in my article was I know the bot lane's not going to win and Licorice hadn't been impressing me recently coming into world. Good. And yeah, and I thought if he's not good, if he's not carrying and the bot lane sucks, I don't see how Niski can get it done by himself, but Licorice has looked quite good. Since I thought Licorice got- and Niski looked really good today. Niski's been looking fantastic yeah. all year. He's yeah, been Niski's been looking good all year. You know, I feel and- like when Licorice comes to an international event or when like games that matter, he, I feel like he like steps above his like his floor. You know what I mean? I feel like he just he just rises above and he plays like out of his mind. It was the same thing as last uh, last Worlds where. He just like went off, and there's just something about international events or just basically big games where it really matters where he steps it up the most. And conversely, what is wrong with Sword? Sword, all right. So Sword, it's weird because he. I thought in the game plank, I thought he played that matchup brilliantly today. That's a really difficult thing to manage, and he's not. No, he's played two gangplank games this entire calendar year. He's not a gangplank player. Yeah. And he, he's not a gangplank player, and he harder, handled a hard counter. That's By the way, that's part of the reason why... So the, the, Cloud9, the Cloud9 draft this morning, part of the reason why it was so brilliant wasn't just the Tom Kensona against the Garen Yumi, which is... I want to mention this because... By the way, can we just take a second and be like, oh, like listen, I just like casually dropped those two bot lanes like it's a thing. Like, it's just like a normal, regular thing, Right. My buddy, my buddy who like doesn't play anymore and like only watches a little bit of the pro scene texted me today. He was like, "What the fuck is this game anymore?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I like that's." I saw a lot of people having that same reaction. Yeah. I was like, I'm having fun. I want to watch this. I thought it was brilliant because so the Sona, the problem Sona Tom has is that it's a scaling. It's a hyper scale. It's not mm-hmm. a hyper carry. It's a hyper. And they, they the casters did a really good job breaking this down in the game. Mm-hmm. Is that it's a hyperscaling comp, just like the Garen Yumi. It's a hyperscaling weird entity, right? Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job breaking that down, and they basically both got free lane phases against each other. Then the blind picking of Fiora, basically calling out because Sword has a limited champion pool. That's his weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Basically calling out Sword that he doesn't have a way to deal with this, and he didn't. He had to go onto a champion that he doesn't really play, and I thought he performed really, really well. Now. And I said this. I said this about Hong, the Hong Kong Attitude Griffin game too. You could make the argument that Griffin have taken two mistakes to get both of these wins, and I like I, I can definitely see that. Um, I'll also say though that 
good teams in weird situations like this always do every single thing to play to all of their outs. And they do a really good job doing that. And I kind of went into this on Twitter and everything. And I think people kind of misconstrued it as me saying, like, oh, I, I literally just said Griffin are so good. So I can't, I guess I can't take that back. But I think people misconstrue, like, misunderstand how difficult it is to recover from situations like that. And they've done it twice now, albeit with some errors. But you still need to put all the pieces in place. And they're doing that. Like, they're being thorough about everything. I don't, I think now. Going into this group, I thought maybe Griffin and G2 would split. I think if G2 play the way they played against Hong Kong, full disrespect like that, I don't think they're beating Griffin. But I think they'll not play that way against Griffin. So I do think I think G2 is going to go 6-0 in this group. Yeah, unless they like – I mean, if they lose a game, I think it'll be pretty obvious to the viewers that it was not them playing it. Like they're, They'll either be hiding strategies or doing something weird or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're losing a game that they legitimately want to win right now. They they just look better than. I think. I think everybody. I think they look better than SKT by by a bit. Uh, you too. I I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I think they've. It's weird to say this because of of this game this morning, but G two I think have made fewer critical mistakes than SKT. <laughs> I, I, I would count. I would count. SKT has made at least one critical mistake. You could argue two. SKT's group is a lot harder than. Yeah. Yes. I think SKT should have lost to Royal for sure. Yeah. No. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were yeah. super lucky to beat Royal. That, I thought. that was a base race. Well, they also they made they made that was that was the critical mistake. SKT I'm talking should about. have won Sending... earlier though. That's the problem. They should have won earlier because they had. Yeah, that, that's the there. critical mistake I'm talking about. Yeah. Was in that game when they when they took the dragon and, and just basically seeded mid priority and dragon or mm-hmm. baron control like to take a dragon and then send Khan bottom. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, exactly. In, by the way, Liquid made the same exact error. <laughs> so wow, a little weird. But <clears throat> I don't. So I think this group's going to end up. I think it's going to be six zero four two two four zero six like. The start, like the chalk, like the full chalk. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense that Griffin and Cloud Nine go to a tiebreaker, or or Griffin just beats Cloud Nine again. Yeah. And gets I mean, spot, yeah. I also think that so Griffin over the course of this year have been really stubborn about things. I said today after after giving them all the the accolades and everything, and just like admiring how hilarious that game was and how high level you know four thousand IQ that draft was by Cloud Nine. After saying all that, I, I said to everyone, I said, look, Cloud9 just laid the blueprint for, like, calling out Griffin, right? Like, if Griffin don't have an answer to split pushers, if they don't have an answer to just playing scaling as well, you can just do that. And I think better teams than Cloud9 will be able to punish that. So, Oh, absolutely. So, Cloud9, if if nothing else, kind of laid the blueprint for how to beat Griffin. Like, easy, like I don't want to say easily, because it's not easy to beat the best teams in the world, but... They made a solid game plan out, and I, I think Griffin have been stubborn. So, so in my head, I'm like, "Oh, this is easy. You just need to account for this now." If you're the Griffin coach, it's like, "Okay, I need to understand. Teams are probably going to try this against us now, because it's not something that people haven't played. You know, people have played Fiora. Almost all the top laners in this tournament play Fiora. Almost everyone tried the Sona lanes at some point this year. So it's not like it's completely foreign to them, right? It's just a thing that people can do. So." It would not like, to me. I think my my brain tells me that Griffin aren't going to let that happen to them again. Now that they've seen it once, and I thought this was the time Cloud Nine had to win because they surprised them and had a great game plan. I don't know if they're going to be able to surprise them again, but who knows? So, 
I think it really hurts Cloud9's chances that Niski is playing out of his mind, but Chovy is also playing completely out of his mind. And it yeah. it's, can really neutralize Niski. Like if Chovy was their 80 carry and their mid laner was playing at the level that Viper or Lenz is playing at, Niski might be able to take over a game from yeah. the mid lane. But he's getting really neutralized by Chovy, who's playing a hell of a tournament so far. By, by the way, I'm going to just pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah, it's Chovy's, early. It's only been three years. Chovy's a bad man. Just, yeah. you just need to know. That. He's, he's, I don't even know who he's made. He's probably a machine. But, um, okay. Any love Let's for Cloud9, Hong Kong okay. attitude, anything else? So, do you guys think, so what's, what do you think the likelihood is of, do you think it's like 50 50 that Cloud9 take a game off Griffin? Yeah. Uh, I think. I think Cloud9's slight, slight underdog, 46. Yeah, 40. Yeah, okay. that's what I, was 46. I, I think I wanna, it's like way less than that. I think it's like 75. I want to see Sysfen scared. Is he hurt or is he just not there? So A little weird, right? And does we this not talk back about us? This. Yeah, this whole time I've been saying, I don't know how Svenskeren won the MVP this season. I really <laughs> yeah, do not think Svenskeren deserved the MVP in summer. And come on, you cannot tell me this guy was the summer MVP a month ago and is not and is getting benched at Worlds for Blabber, who was mediocre and in, in over-aggressive. Like, somebody, somebody said, like, one of the casters, it might have been Frostgur or Jad, so, somebody made a point about how they, like, maybe this is a strategic decision that they wanted to get these, get the snowball going, and Blabber is better at that. I could see that versus G2. That's what I thought was happening. And well, so I could see that against, against Griffin, too, and Hong and Kong then Attitude. Against, I was confident that today it was going to be Svensk Aaron again against Griffin, that it was just G2, that they wanted to put Blabber in and try to beat him in the early game. When they play him twice in a row, that definitely worries me. Yeah, it was weird, weird like very, very bizarre. And it was... Today was the most Blabber game ever, by the way. Like, this is <laughs> this is like, if you had to just, like... <laughs> what's what's the meme? Oh, we we let an we we let an AI uh, listen to a thousand episodes of Blabber, and this is the game it would spit out. Like it was classic, right? So you think okay, you think Cloud9 have it? I think this was the chance for them to win. Well, I think their problem is they have like a forty percent or a thirty five percent chance to win the next game, but then they have to beat them again yeah. if they want to go through, unless they beat G two, which I don't think they'll do. So I, I really still don't think Cloud9 can get out of the group. I'm just but, wondering, like, what other card... Like, I know Reaper's got another ace up his sleeve. It's just a matter of, is it better than that? And I honestly, I don't know if I could come up with something better to attack Griffin than that. Did they bring Golden Glue? Like, Oof, no, I really I think... If I'm Reaper and they brought Golden Glue, I think I put Golden Glue in at 80 carry. No, uh, legit, maybe. Like, yeah. not even kidding. Yeah, and just have him play Syndra or Steve something, one of those picks. so bad. He's, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sneaky's been really bad. Just put Golden Glue in. Down if you, there. by the way, if if you watch like a lot of just like the micro stuff on Sona, Sona, yeah, Sona <laughs> is easy. Arguably the easiest champion. There's some positioning things that matter. That's the hardest part about Sona. There's no mechanics to Sona. Yeah, all with, her abilities. Whiffing ults, mispositioning. Yeah, I don't look. I don't want to. Because he he makes do in NA because he's not. I mean, really, he doesn't. He gets beat up in NA too. So I'm, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to talk about sneaky being done, but that might be the case here. Um, anything else on Group A? Any further notes? Let's uh, just say. Uh, yeah, sorry. Let's just say I am. Hong Kong didn't disappoint me. You know, I, yeah. I thought they were like one of the they, worst that they had no chance, but they will stay competitive. I don't know how how they played all three games pretty close. Yeah. 
They've had good drafts, and I think they've had good game planning in general. Like their early game has been. They get set up for success. Like that was good scouting on the in the Griffin game. That was great scouting because they just they must have seen something or seen a tendency at some point because that's the only way that kind of thing happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they like way better than some teams that I would have said were way better than them. Yeah. So far in this tournament, they've looked better than some other teams. I, I've been impressed, but it's it's weird. It's it's kind of the play in thing where like you're impressed at the level because it's better than you expected, but then you still look right. at them in a game like we saw today right. where it's like they're not going to win this game. Yeah. Like, they're they're like, still probably going to like mm-hmm. so. Yep. Uh, like even if Cloud Nine was in that situation, I think Cloud Nine probably win that game too. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. like where I'm at with them. But I, I'm with you, Chris. Like they've impressed me a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, Group B. Oh, Calvin, did you have anything else for Group A or no? Nope. All right, Group B. Group B is uh, <laughs> Group B has been weird, man. <laughs> All right, so Group B, I would argue Group B has actually been the weirdest group so far. Like weirder than this one. Results. One result that I big time made a lot of money off of expecting, and a bunch of results I did not expect. So, group two, we have Fun Plus at two to uh, two and one, J Team at two and one, uh, Gam at one and two, and Splice at one and two. And this has been a real kind of weird group. Like, so what was the what's the weird what was the weird weird result? The weird well, result is FPX losing. Actually, you know what? The weird <laughs> result was not FPX losing to J Team because I thought J Team was going to be F- FPX at first. Really? I thought Splice was going to be J Team today almost. Yes. And after mm-hmm. I saw the drafts, I was even more confident. And after I saw the early game, I was even more confident. And then they just got destroyed. And I was honestly, just yeah, like, I thought no Splice point of that game that Splice looked good. That was another one of those games, though, where uh, J Team was up in kills like 4-2, to two, and Splice was ahead like 2,000 gold. And they had a Karthus. Yep. Like, they scaled well. I was like, oh, I don't see how Splice ever loses this game. And then they just got obliterated over and over. Can, can I? Can I just he say that? On the KO, but Fofo, dude, honestly, Fofo is so good. It's yeah, just been is. so good. So can far. I? Can I just say that? How many times this tournament, if you go back to the planes as well, have we said that there's no way Splice lose this game and they find a way to lose this game? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to go. Ahead, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Splice has been my biggest disappointment. In this oh whole yeah, so far. North Garen has been abysmal. Yeah, and Disney Chachi has been pretty bad too. I think uh, Splice and Fnatic both have been tremendous disappointments to me. Fnatic, partially because I expect more from this team. Splice, I didn't have high expectations for Splice. I actually picked Splice against FPX, and the problem was, was actually they were winning, and I thought they had a really good game plan, and their draft was actually good as well. Yeah. But the problem was they were so lost eventually, like in the mid-game, especially around the Baron call where I think it was Tian and Doonby left. And they were behind the Baron pit, and they just didn't want to zone them out. They were just corralled, and they just didn't know what to do. I'm like, dude, like, they were just sitting there in the river, and they, I don't know, man. It's just like they all just went blank. You know what I mean? And it was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, I've, is no one calling the shots? I feel like, honestly, in my opinion, it was like, no one is calling any shots. You know what I mean? It's just, they're just all like, just like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I have I have two two separate thoughts for both of these teams that I want to I want to go into and I'll I'll get your I want to pick your guys' brains on it a little bit. Um, all year long, Splice have been thirty five minute right. Like this has been like the meme right. Like the scaling team, they they just weren't challenged. Did Splice was not good against most like the good European teams most of this year. They were the gatekeepers. They could beat everybody else. They couldn't beat Fnatic and, and G2 consistently, right? So, 
my question is, were they are, are they really this late game beast? Because I I don't think they are. And I said this. I you can you go back and pull the clips. I've been saying this all year. One that meme is bullshit. You're volunteering for signing up for a coin flip if you do that. This is the problem. This was the problem I didn't foresee at Worlds two years ago. Was when you when you just handshake like this, you're creating fifty fifties. Like you're making the game, you're you're shrinking the margins at which you have the chance to win, and you're playing for the fifty-two percent instead of the sixty, right? Because the longer a game goes, the closer everyone is to even. It's just a matter of team fight, one lost team fight, and the game's over, right? I've been saying this all year. One, that's a bad way to play, unless you're like perfect at it, like like a team like Griffin, right? Like unless you're like actually immaculate at playing defense and everything, it's different. But I, I think Splice, that whole thing's been overrated. I think they've looked uncharacter uncharacteristically sloppy. Mm-hmm. They look. They just look. They look like the stage is too big for them. I don't know if you guys think that way or not. But even play-ins, I didn't think they looked good in play-ins either. No, they didn't. I think, I think Kabe and Zerse are the only players that are playing that well. And you got to remember too that meme about them being like the late game gods. They had two different players on their team when that meme started. True. They had uh, Niski, and they didn't have Norskaren. And if you ask me who the players who have made the biggest mistakes in the mid to late game that cost them games are, it's Humanoid and, it's humanoid and Norse Karen. So I think that I definitely agree with you that this year they have not been the late game monster that their their meme is all about. And I think a big part of it is because those guys are, are not playing at the level that their old players were. Well, I think what's interesting about this too is that Splice, over the course of the year, I thought Splice did improve. Like, there was market improvement for me, like, going into the summer playoffs. I thought they, like, steadily improved over the year. Maybe not a lot, but it was, like, steady growth. Like, it was a small growth over the course of the year. They diversified. They learned how to play early game and a little bit of tempo play. Like, they weren't just, like, you know, sitting ducks in the early game anymore. Like, they learned, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, if they develop this, maybe they peak at the right time and they could do something. But since playoffs, man, this team has been bad. I don't know. Honestly... I'm I'm a little surprised looking back on it now that they even got into worlds. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you and still 360 and say I still think Splice is getting out of the group. Really? Okay. So I want to I want to let you go into this because I want to talk about Fun Plus and J Team after this and Gam. But like I want to let you make your point on this because I'll forget about it if we don't do it now. <laughs> I agree with pretty much everything everyone has said that I think they've looked like really sloppy. And what I said about, I've really hated Norskir in this whole tournament. I think he's been playing very badly overall. I still am not impressed with either J team or gam J team beating fun. Plus I thought was basically randomness. It was really fluky. I, um, I, I did not think that that was representative. And I think, fun Plus, yeah. And I think fun plus has kind of proved that since then that they've looked a lot better since that game. Mm-hmm. They, they ramped up basically. They started off the splice game, not that well. And then since then, have been headed towards the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Splice has the best players of that group of of that group of teams between Gam, J Team, and Splice. They just need to play better than they've been playing. Um, I think J Team pretty much has Fofo. I haven't been that impressed with their bot lane. I think Lil V has been really unimpressive for me. Yeah, he's made a lot of um, mistakes. Yep, uh, I think there's been a lot of mistakes from them, and Gam is a total letdown for me as well. Um, I was expecting a lot more from them coming into the tournament. I thought it was going to be between them and Splice, and I thought they had a very good chance of beating Splice from what I saw in their home region. They came here and just two out of three games, they basically abandoned the strategy that they'd had all year. 
the third game that they stuck with that strategy, they won and did it the, the way that I would expect them to win games. <laughs> this is the ramming your head into a brick wall over yeah. and over and that again. Game, that game was so much fun. To oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> like every time you step in that bush, it's Kled Alt, Nocturnal. <laughs> and they just like constantly did it. Like if one foot goes in that bush, we're coming, buddy. And, I, and that um, I liked. And then the other two games, I felt like they didn't play anything like they were supposed I think they're... The, the first game, the first game, they kind of drafted themselves into a hole. Like, not and, having any engage. Like, all oh, Spl- literally it. all Splice needed to do that game was be like, all right, you can't do anything. We're just going to, like, back away. <laughs> like, that's all they needed to do, and you saw that. They had three kills in that game. Like, Yeah, so. and the thing for me with Gam is, even if from now on they just play the style that I wanted to see from them all the time, the thing that's good about their style is that it has a lot of upside when you play, like, a ballsy, aggressive style like that. Like It you introduces keep, variance. You, but it introduces variance. Like, you're not going to win all your games playing that way. Mm-hmm. It gives you a shot to beat teams that are way better than you when you play that way. But you can also just lose to anybody. And so from one and two, I think even if they play that style in the last three games, there's a pretty low chance that they're going to be successful in getting out of the group. Yeah, I- I kind of had it, – it's interesting. I, and I said this last week uh, when I predicted them to get second in this group. And part of the reason I said that – and I, I made a point of saying I think they're the worst team in this group. But I think yeah, they're going to get are. out. And I, I, I don't think that was a reasonable conclusion to draw because the way they play is – they might be – outside of like G2. G2 is – well, G2 is like one of the weirdest teams I've ever seen like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Gam are one of the weirdest teams on earth. They're just weird. They're a bizarre team, and that, that that can throw you for a loop. And when you're not in your comfort zone, you have four games to or six games to adjust within. Yeah. That's a really small window. So it turns out, and we saw in that first game that they're so used to teams. I wrote about this too. They're so used to teams fighting all the time that they can get away with not even picking an engaged comp. And they were just assuming that Splice would fight into him. And Splice was just like, nah, dude, nah. Like, <laughs> now we're just going to walk away. Like, <laughs> So I think what we saw against J-Team was more like w- what they want to be doing. I, the problem is, like, they look so reliant on this Nocturne Kled stuff. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of power picks to ban right now, but I almost feel like it's worth forgoing one of the power picks and just banning those two champions against this team because they won't know what to do. And I don't think they can win a lane is the problem. Yeah, like I, I Le- Levi has looked pretty solid in the jungle, but they, they don't have a lane that can win. So they need him constantly in all the lanes to help all the lanes not fail. So I, I just don't think they can get out. So I think it comes down to Splice and J-Team. And I think Splice is going to be J-Team the next time around. I do too. I, I, and I'm all and I'm all for the, the regression. It's not even a regression play, but like they've been so bad. Like this is the worst that I think they've looked all year. And maybe it's just because the competition's higher. I don't know. But I, I just can't see Splice being this bad. But I keep saying that over and over, and they keep letting me down. But I, I'm willing to think that they could turn this around and get out of this group. Like, I'm with you, John. Um, I, I think they have a very reasonable shot of getting out of this group. Yeah, I want to I wanna briefly talk about Fun Plus because I have a bit of a... <laughs> this team, man. So, <laughs> one, Fun Plus are, like, really fun to watch. Like... That game they had against Splice, I don't think they had any business winning, and they just willed it. Like, it honestly, this team, I, I keep finding myself using these, like, abstract existential examples to describe them all the time. I've called them the Juggernaut this year. I've called them Andre the Giant. Really, though, like, this team is, it's just brute force so often at the time, and I don't know how they get away with it. Like, that Splice game, 
it, it seriously looked like they just willed it. They, they just intimidated Splice. Like, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like when you go, like, I know they use the, I've used the fear aura analogy a lot. Like, it's a fighting game term that, that, like, if you're playing against a really good player, they just have an edge on you because you're afraid. Like, some people just can't handle that, right? And they can get away with doing stuff that you shouldn't do. Like, really hyper-aggressive things. Like, Fun Plus have an actual fear aura in League of Legends to me. Like, they're just intimidating. I, I don't know if... I can't explain it. It's it's really bizarre. You just have to, have to watch their games, and you just feel momentum. They could be down in a game, and you're like, oh, no, I know this, they're going to win. And it's not because they're playing, like, fundamental stuff. They're just, like, decisive as hell. It's... Fun Plus are, are one of the weirdest teams to break down because, like, there's so many errors they make on film that just don't matter because they just punch through a brick wall. Like, that game, they're just like, all right, we're going. Just rise ult, we're just in. Like, we're just, you know, like, that's... And teams are just like, wait, what? You can't do that? Well, we just did it. Deal with it. Like, I, when you watch them move around the map, like, it literally looks like the other team's afraid of them. And I think they're going to lose, like, the second somebody's not afraid of them that's, like, as good as they are. But it's it's... It's just nuts to me. Cause, and this team goes from the LPL where people aren't afraid of anything. So it's, and, it's just not – like they're just such a weird team to break down because like there's they're, – they're, it's almost like the, they're like Reggie White, right? Like where this dude's just bigger and stronger than you and it almost doesn't matter if the technique's there or not. Like not that he did, he had plenty of good technique too, but like there's just – there's just some intangible with this team and I can't explain it. It's like G2. They just have some intangible that you just can't explain. They just have it. And – I mean, really, they you can make an argument they should be one and two in this. Uh, no, they should be two and one. They should have no. lost the splice. They should have beat J team, I think. And I just wanted to point out something Gelati's been saying for the last couple of weeks, but also was the freest money you've ever seen in your life. Was Gelati keeps talking about don't overreact. You know, it's one game. It's best of one. When J team beat Fun Plus on day one, and then Gigabyte Marines lost, and Gigabyte Marines was playing against J-Team the next day, and Fun Plus was playing against Splice. This was the freest money oh, yeah. you've ever seen in your life. That oh, my gosh. J-Team was so owned the next day in DFS because they beat <laughs> Fun Plus. Mm-hmm. When they were playing against a hyper-aggressive team when they come from one of the least aggressive regions that traditionally doesn't handle aggression very well. Everybody was hard overrating J Team after day one and hard underrating Fun Plus. And the money the next day was so free. I have not done that well yeah. so far in League of Le- in uh, DFS for Worlds, uh, but that was the freest money. I just won everything that day. That was like the perfect storm, right? Yeah, yeah. Overrated, underrated, stylistic mismatch. Like just every, it was the perfect storm. So even exactly when I had, why yeah, when I had Splice as a team slot, dude, I had uh, the Marines as my main players. And I still finished first, second in like all my contests. It was it was, un- it was unreal. I don't know. Yeah. J team was so overly. I don't know. It's like, like John said, it was. Dude, Fofo is insanely good, but the rest of this team I just haven't been impressed with. Oh, uh, so think, so you think so? Who's getting out of this group? Because I'm gonna I, still say Splice. I'm. I think oh. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna say Splice, but. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Splice. It might take a tiebreaker. FPX and Splice. Yeah, I think it's gonna be FPX and Splice. Gam have really let me down. I. Yeah. I I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know how let down I could be. Like, I'm saying let down because I predicted them to be second in this group, but really, I'm not let down because I thought they were the worst team in this group. I just thought it was just a weird. 
I was, variants, right? I was, yeah. I was, I was playing the the meta game, right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't playing the teams, right? The only thing that's changed for me is who's contending with Splice. I thought it was going to be Splice and Gam, and it's now it's Splice, Splice and J Team, especially but... because Splice showed like exactly how to beat Gam. I don't know, man, because if Gam, if Splice just give Gam like the comp that they want, and Gam don't draft themselves into the hole that they did against Splice, maybe they can beat Splice. Splice have looked pretty bad, like. Maybe so we we all admit Splice's looks pretty bad, right? What if Splice don't improve? Yeah, I mean, or what they, if they, they only improve a little? Then do then they definitely they, beat Gam? Because Gam's not going to uh, make that draft mistake again, even if I don't think highly of their overall like st- like strategy. Like, just I still think Gam could beat anybody. Like, Gam can still be a spoiler in this group. I think they could beat any of these three teams in one game, but I think they're going to go one and two overall. So I don't think they get out of the group, but I think they could spoil it for just about anybody. But think about this. How sad is this? At this World Championship, imagine these being your top eight teams. Invictus Gaming, Damwon, SKT, Royal Never Give Up, G2, Griffin, FPX, and J-Team. <laughs> like, doesn't it, isn't it just sad? Yeah. There's only one quarterfinal. That's I mean, to be, be honest so with you, Splices, Splices just it's the same thing. Yeah, it's gonna be. There's gonna be one quarterfinal that's gonna be so sad, and I hope that team puts up a fight. It's 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 weird. We talked about this going in. Like one of these teams, like there's gonna be one or two teams that make the top eight that just either don't deserve it or like are just not even remotely close to the teams in it. But I guess the trade off is that we get more interesting groups when you have three good teams stacked in a group, and we have three of like. It's true. I still wish Fnatic Fnatic was in this group instead of J-Team or instead of Splice. And then you could have Splice just lose to SKT and RNG and Fnatic come back. I think that's a good spot to transition, John. How clever. That sounds like it. Um, Any other (laughs) final thoughts on Group B? Fun, dude... Watch Fun Plus and you'll see what I'm talking about with this. I, I know it's... I don't I don't buy this like existential analysis sometimes, but just watch Fun Plus and they definitely just have a Fiorara. And you'll know what I'm talking about when I watch them because teams just do irrational, stupid shit around them. Oh, it happens. SKT is the king of this. Oh, SKT, so many, yeah. So many teams that should have beat SKT and didn't. I feel like Royal has the biggest mental block ever against SKT. Yeah. Uzi's like, has Uzi ever beaten Faker? I'd have to go back and look. I'm not sure like he's ever won. Two. I'm not sure he's ever won. Did they win? They, they might have won an MSI against them. They've played each other so many times, and I can't off the top of my head can't remember a game where RNG won. And SKT have a real-life carry now. Not that Bang was ever bad. It's got to be so frustrating for Uzi. Because he could be the greatest League of Legends player of all time. If if SKT didn't exist. He he could have like three world championships and be the GOAT. And instead now he has no world championships and probably might have to retire. So speaking of SKT and Fnatic, uh, any other final thoughts on this? Uh, Chris Cal, any thoughts on Group B or no? You think Splice is getting out? Everybody on Splice? Yep. I think I might be the only one on J team. I, I, I am like sixty forty. I'm like sixty. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna be close. J-team. It's gonna be close, and I won't be surprised who between J team and Spice. For me, it's I'm not gonna be surprised either way. Yeah. But for you guys, you sound like you know Spice would be have that edge. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be surprised either way. But I, I if I had to pick, it's Splice. It's like fifty fifty for me because Splice is a game down. If Splice was two yeah. one and J team was one two, I'd say it's like eighty twenty Splice. Yeah, I'd agree. But it's with like fifty fifty for me. Yeah, there's just something about J team that I like how they played. It's 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 a solid. It's not over the top. Uh, what I did tell talk to Jonathan Yee about on uh, Monday was that uh, the loss from Fun Plus it reminded me so much of that spring final where they just 
tilt themselves to a loss against yeah. our favorite friend, Jindong. That's um, what I said on Twitter. I was like, who does, who does this team think they are, JDG? <laughs> and then, yeah, it happened. They both start with the letter J. But in either case, yeah, that's uh, – I'm, I'm going to say J team uh, for me. I'll Q, the, Q the X-Files theme, by the way. J team, JDG team. This is a <laughs> A multi-group question, but does anyone else not like watching LeBlanc? I hate watching LeBlanc, dude. I love watching LeBlanc because uh, if you don't play, if you don't go ahead and play some games on LeBlanc, and then watch a professional LeBlanc player do. I love watching rookies. Like you know why? Watch, go play LeBlanc, and then realize like how the hell do these guys have nearly perfect form and it's be true. killing everyone at around yeah. the map at the same time? She's it's so hard. But it feels like when I watch her, only one of two things happens: either someone lands a stun on her and she does nothing. Or she just insta-gibs somebody. Or just, like, watching Fofo when, uh, who was it, in today's game. Oh, it was, uh, it was Norse Garen. Watching Fofo and Norse Garen and Fofo just constantly pop over the wall and just deal, like, a quarter of his health. And he would just do it over and over and over yeah. and over. I was like, oh, my God. So just stop, dude. I hate this champion. Would you rather have that or would you rather have Nidalee Spears from five years ago? <laughs> yeah, that's just your Nidalee Spears yeah. are no funny. <laughs> so... It was just the support over and over again, too, that made it worse. Because it wasn't even exciting. It was like, pop over, throw all my spells, and Norse Garen's on, like, 70%. Yeah. Ah. Yes, yes. So, uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, let's finish the groups, and then I want to I want to take uh, – I'll put it in the general, like more general takeaways from this, because I want to talk about some of the, the meta and draft situations, because I was off on some of these, and I was right on other ones. So, Group C. Uh, by the way, Group C – Group D has been as interesting as promised, uh, but let's talk mm-hmm. about Group C first. Am, am I nuts, or does SK Telecom look like it's at, to me? SK Telecom and G two look like they're going to win this tournament, and it's not that Fun Plus has disappointed me. I just think G two and SKT look. SKT made critical errors in in the game against RNG, and it still kind of didn't like that was a fun game to watch. But if you look like. Faker absolutely dominated that game. Like, Faker was Faker. And all year long, that hasn't... Faker's been good all year long. Faker's, like, always one of these guys that, like, I think people... Anytime he's not, like, highlight reeling, people just assume he's playing bad. He's he's never playing bad. He's, like, always pretty good. Earlier in the year, he's making a lot of mistakes. He's playing better now than I think he's played, like, in the last year and a half, maybe. He's playing out of his mind right now. He looks like vintage Faker, and that's terrifying because this team doesn't even need him to do that. Like, (laughs) I I just – like, take a best-of-five series. Who's beating this team? Yeah. G2. So so far, it's looked like G2 or SKT, but you never know who might rise up out of Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of tournament left. That's what it's looked like. And they haven't been flawless. They've just – God, this team is intimidating. Uh (laughs) Just like Fun Plus. Right. Haven't been flawless, but god damn, they're intimidating, right? So SK Talcom 3-0. The SKT RNG game might have been the best game of the tournament. Maybe not the most entertaining game, but might have been the best game of the tournament so far. It was very, very good. RNG 2-1, uh, Fnatic 1-2, Clutch 0-3. RNG, RNG look a little bit... I don't want to say better than I expected because I thought they'd be a top 8 team, but they've looked a little bit better than I expected considering how limited they are. Um, yep. They're managing a metagame that is not good for them. And you you brought this up, John, but – and I keep I keep saying this. Are teams just going to start banning Zaya against Uzi? Mm, they should. Blue, from blue side, you should always be banning Zaya because you, have, you actually have three bans in this tournament. Uh, that's something I want to bring up later um, about the pick bans because Pantheon has been 100%. So 
Yes. Um, which means Red Side just loses the band the whole tournament, which yep. is always shitty. But um, usually happens though. There's always something, and then some years there's two things. So um, Royal have been really intelligent. Like they're smart, and maybe it's just Carsa, but like. You look in the mid and late game. This team moves around. They're so smart. Like they're they're they look they look like top level RNG, and this team just finds a way of elevating at the end of the year and for playoffs and then choking in finals. But we won't go. And Long, Long G has been very good. Yeah, that, RNG have been a little at least a little bit better than I expected them to be, and I thought they were a good team. Like they're. I thought they were the most limited of the top eight or nine teams, just based on like what they've shown us so far. And maybe we don't know. Maybe Uzi's been cooking up a syndrome or something. We have no idea. But <laughs> and they just had. I have a theory about this with Griffin too that I didn't talk about. That I think they're playing sword did not show anything. It could be. It could be. I think Somebody maybe maybe Uzi Twitter. has something, and we just he, they're hiding it because they don't I'd have love to, to show see anything. Uzi Sona. I want to see Uzi Sona. Yeah. But, like, or Garen. Somebody, <laughs> somebody said there's a reasonable chance. And I don't know that this is true at all. It's all gossip. But there's a somebody said there's a reasonable chance that Doran did not support the removal of CV Max, That's and that that could theory. be, and that that could be have something to do with this because they are the kind of ownership that like, oh, you don't agree with us? Like, fuck you. So it's possible that it could have something to do with the with the CV Max situation. But it's possible. I mean, so here's the thing. I, I do think Sword, and this might be an unpopular opinion, just based on like performance. But I think Sword is actually a better player. He's just way more limited. Yeah, and I think it's not his meta either. I think he yeah. was at a- he has Jace. Jace is relevant right now, and you can play Aatrox in the top lane still. It's just more niche than it was. And but, I think yeah. he's tanks. And and Doran's uh, has been better on the carries. Doran's just more versatile. Doran plays yeah. more things, and and so my theory is like they thought that they could get away with playing Sword because Jace is powerful right now, and apparently he's got this gangplank. He was good on that gangplank today. We already talked about that. I was impressed. That's the hard matchup to navigate. I also but... feel like they don't need to like they don't need to show anything top side. Yeah, they don't need to play towards top side when Sword's playing. Yeah, Sword's like a really good weak side top laner. Exactly. So I think that's the reason why they're playing Sword right now at the moment. You know what I mean? You know, he's been doing, you know, not half bad. I mean, he's decent, but, you know. I think if you look at, like, it's kind of weird because I, I would have the opposite approach in a best-of-one format. Uh, like, if I was a coach, I would have the opposite approach, which is, like, in a best-of-one, teams are going to try to cheat. Like, worse teams are going to try to cheese you. So I want the versatile guy that's seen everything and can do everything and can be flexible. Griffin probably Griffin's coach probably looked at this and was just like, okay, we just need to we just need to win the most games and we'll, let's just like check like let's just skill check people because I do think Sword's a better player. He's just more limited, like I said. So maybe they were just like, let's put the better player in and make people beat him. So, uh, the other two teams are the teams we really need to talk about. In yeah. This group. So RNG slight stock up. SKT as expected as advertised. God damn, this team is good. <laughs> Actually, at RNG second, so I felt like I was right about yeah. RNG. So, I was really high on RNG coming in. And has been even though they were, they were such a linear team, and they're just good. Like Uzi has like two champions. I think just overall in general, Fnatic... I don't think Fnatic's playing Fnatic Fnatic's style. playing terribly. I don't think they're not, they're not playing Fnatic style League of Legends. They're playing something like different. 
Their draft is a little kind of wacky as well, but they're just not playing like how they would be playing in LSU. Right, right. Real quick, I, 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 let's let's just briefly talk about clutch and then let's dive into fanatic because I think we're going to clutch some sucks. All right, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but clutch is my biggest underperformer of the whole thing. So, all right, go like, go into why because I, I have some thoughts on clutch too. I didn't expect them to, to win very many games. I thought maybe one game was what I expected from them. But I expected them to come in and battle, and they have not battled. They have gotten shit on in every game super badly. Like, Hootie talked all this trash to Khan before the matchup. I was like, oh, this is going to be a battle. It was not a battle. Like, they just got destroyed. And I I was really expecting them to, like, have some close games, and they would probably lose most of them because they're a worse macro team and they don't have the talent that these other teams have. But I expected them to come in and battle, and they have not battled. They have just gotten destroyed. They've been worse than Dude. Hong Kong attitude for me. By the way, by the way, Hootie, Chris, Demont Demonte got welcomed to the world stage by Faker. <laughs> He's got christened. Like he was, Faker Ooh. was just like, "You are now christened, my child." Like that's <laughs> welcome to worlds, Dude. <laughs> That was a that was bad, man. He just bodied himself. <laughs> Their whole team has just been getting bodied in okay. every lane, super so, badly. I'm I'm gonna take. It's not even a taking a point because I actually, I I think there are thing there are things to be optimistic about with this clutch team. I think they've mostly been okay. This is gonna sound really weird because they've had a bunch of really dumb plays, but as a full team, I think they've actually been pretty smart. Like, they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing, and then there's, like, one or two individual breakdowns every game, but they're just colossal breakdowns, right? I think the DeMonte teleport has been well-chronicled at this point. That was just... I don't want to say a brain fart. That was, like, a brain, like, the, just, <laughs> yeah. just gone. Like, everything's gone. So, um, that was just till. And maybe it's nerves. A lot of these guys are new to this. Maybe it's nerves. I think this is a good experience for them, and I do think that, like, from a macro standpoint as a team they are doing certain things well it's just they're so outclassed that it you don't get to see that manifest like they're doing they're 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 playing to their win conditions right in a lot of these games they just aren't that good compared to these teams and i think that's the only thing they're doing wrong i think they could like i don't know man fanatic haven't impressed me at all they could have lost that game um Fnatic has got to start playing the way they were playing in the LEC. And I don't even mean talent right, so, so let's go into Fnatic yeah. now. Um, it's style and draft-wise, they need to go back to the way they were playing in the right. LEC. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna, to we're gonna, gonna clash on this. I can see yeah. it already. I don't know. I don't think I they play their own style, though. I agree I think, with Khan, like I said before. Fnatic is doing what I, th- what I wanted Cloud9 to do, and Cloud9 is kind of doing, in my opinion. I think Fnatic is coming out with the mentality, we got to cheese these guys. Like, we got to do something, not cheese necessarily, but we've got to do something weird and catch them off guard. They're not trusting that they can beat these teams in fair, like, macro games. They're saying we got to come out and cheese out a lead somehow. And Fnatic is, in my opinion, good enough to beat SKT or RNG in a fair game. Yeah. They wouldn't be favorites, I don't think, but over they either take, one of them. They could take some of them. But I think they can win games over either one of those teams playing fair League of Legends. And I don't think they trust themselves to do that. No. I think Brox is playing okay right now. But yeah, Broxa looks good. Else, I think he's been the best player. I think everyone so else is just underperforming. So uh, here's what I'll say, and I'm John. By the way, I thought you were going to go in a diff- different direction with this because this part about it, I do agree with. The part I don't agree with is there's been a lot of people. I'd have to pull it up. Like there's been a bunch of people on Twitter saying, "Why aren't Why aren't we putting Reckless on 80 carries? This is what he does. Stop that. 
right now. Just check that shit at the door because the fact of the matter is there's 280 carries that are relevant right now, and if you want to go in a different direction, it's usually pretty good to go in that different direction. Also, Reckless has evolved to be a different kind of player. Like, and he's, he's played a lot of other stuff this season. Yeah, he's not, and, and he's not been pure marksman this season. I, I think there's a lot of people, and maybe they're just – I don't want to say Fairweather fans, but maybe they're people that aren't like as dialed in. There's a lot of people that are like, why aren't you putting – it's Reckless. Like, name brand value. Why aren't you putting him on the Reckless champions, right? Because, like, that's just not a thing right now, right? Like, it is. You can do it. If you're exceptional, Uzi, for instance, you can you can get away with stuff. That wasn't their game plan. I, I'm i totally all about – and we've, we've had this debate a million times before, like you and John – like me and John specifically. I'm a fan of sticking to your plan and only adapting when the, the circumstances are actually extreme, not perceived extreme, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think now – there's a lot of people saying that. I like the way you framed it better. They're not playing like themselves. I don't care what the – I don't care what Reckless is playing. No, I don't care about the champions. They're I don't not care about the champions. Aggressive. They're not playing. Fnatic were arguably the best. They're one of the best up-tempo teams in the world, in any region. And their teamwork was fantastic. Like, you know how many think, times we saw like a sweet four-man dive like early in the game yeah, from who, Fnatic? Who like, was really? a better up-tempo team in the world than Fnatic? Like Afrika? Yeah, they were better than G2. The Afrika, staff were all there. They were G2. better than G2. Their early game was, yeah, their early game was really good. Yeah, G2 was good, too. Like, I can't think of better teams than that. Who's Who was better than them at that? And that's not what they've been doing at all. At all, like they were, they were arguably the best, definitely top two or three, at that specific niche of the game. And they had good macro, and they knew how to close leads. They didn't bot. Fnatic almost never botched leads ever. Yep. They were so good at that, and that's why I liked them to top eight because I was like, there's a certain amount of just in, like team smarts you have to have, right? Like, look at the teams that are doing well right now. They're teams that don't botch leads. Or they're teams that punish single mistakes, right? And historically, as good as, like, SKT is, they've struggled against teams that were aggressive in the early games. And so I thought Fnatic could come out here. I thought they had a reasonable shot to beat SKT. And a reasonable shot to beat RNG, too, because RNG struggles with that kind of play, too. It was kind of weird because their level one, their cheesy level one today, they couldn't even get the kill on Zhao out. And it was just, like, they just couldn't execute the kill. And it was like, dude, this is, like, your bread and butter. You know what just, I mean? They just look off, right? Like yeah. I don't know if they're they're just like in a funk or they. I think what you said is right though. Like they just look like they lack confidence right now, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they that's, just got destroyed in scrims or something. Because that could that's the feel I've gotten that they feel like they're huge underdogs and they've got to do something weird to try to get an to try to equal these teams. They don't feel like they're coming in saying to themselves like we can beat these guys. I, I hope they take the day off and and just be like. Why are we doing like that? I want them to like look themselves in the mirror and be like, "What are you doing, dude?" Yeah, like just go out there and play these guys straight up. Like, because I think, and you know what? Maybe they come out in the second round, Robin, and they lose to SKT and RNG again, playing straight up. But I want to see them. I want to see Fnatic playing Fnatic. Yeah, like I don't want to see them. They look spooked. They look intimidated. They look scared. They look like they look like Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. All right, That's, <laughs> they look. They look like the moment's too big for them. That's yep. a good description because each time they played those the two teams that they lost to, they were completely dominated. Yeah, there, there was like nothing they were doing that was. Then even against way. Clutch, they were making so many mistakes. That's like true, yeah. they were just like Fnatic look out of character, and maybe I mean this is the narrative moving forward. You could take it any direction you want, but like 
you could look at that and be like, okay, this is cause for concern. I'm all fanatic for the rest of the tournament. Or you could look at it like, you know, regression to the mean. Like, they're going to get back to looking like themselves. I think the problem is now that you're one and two in this group, it's going to be really difficult to get out of this group now. Mm-hmm. This, but this group in particular hurts them so bad because, yeah, it's going to be hard to come back. Because SKT and RNG look group. in good form right now. So, yeah. Uh, do we th- any love for Fnatic or Clutch, or is SKT and RNG getting out of this group? I think it's pretty clear to me it's RNG and SKT. I could definitely see a Fnatic RNG tiebreaker at the end of this group. I'm I'm starting to think Clutch is not going to win a game. I came into Worlds and said I would put my money on them stealing a game from somebody and deciding the group, but I don't think so anymore. I think they're just too But I could see... I could see Fnatic beating one of those two teams in the second round, Robin, and forcing a tiebreaker with RNG. You think Clutch beat Fnatic? No. If they look no. like they've been looking, maybe. I, I don't know. They've looked pretty bad and still beat Clutch. So. Clutch is, for me, right now, the worst team in the tournament. They might turn it around, but I have them as the worst of all 16 teams from what I've seen so far in this. Correct. Maybe. I don't know. I kind of think the bottom teams have all looked pretty bad. I hope Fnatic forces a tiebreaker, but it, it'll hurt me so bad. Because either Uzi or the, this Fnatic team not making the top eight will just hurt me, no matter which one it you're is. Gonna be so. sta- you're going to be staring down J-Team or Splice in the top eight and be like, why? <laughs> yeah. why? Damn you. But at the same time, like we would have just had like, a really chalky, shitty group stage if it wasn't that way. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a trade-off, right? Mm-hmm. Anything on Group C? Anything else? No, there's a lot, but... Uh, group D... Well, this was an interesting group, because... Yeah. Love it. Group, T- group D we're going to go into as well. So Group D we have Liquid at 2-1, Damwon at 2-1, Invictus at 2-1, AHQ at 0-3. This group is delivered on the hype. Yes. <sighs> these three teams, man, these three teams are so close. I, there's some favorite moments for me from this group so far. Like, how about the shy just dumpstring Nuggery, though? <laughs> Dude, Dude, oh, the shy after after the oh, after the trash shit. talk and stuff, I was yeah. like, "Ooh, this is gonna be this is gonna be hype!" And the shy just dumpstered him. <laughs> By the way, can I? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like, I think Canyon has low key been maybe the MVP of the whole tournament so far. He's been the best player on Damwon this whole tournament. He's been out of his mind good. I think but... Canyon or Barrel. Barrel's been playing really yeah, Barrel's well. Barrel's been really good. Uh, New- By the way, we, I, I mentioned it All the right, other day. I thought Nuclear had one really good game. I'm Nuclear sorry. had like maybe the best game of the year. In that game, I think but... a little bit of issue with with uh, I'll, I'll call Calvin out on this one. I got a little bit of issue with you here, Calvin, because I don't think nuclear has been that bad at all, other than one game. I think it's the reverse of what people are saying. I think people are saying he's like, been he's good, been bad, and then like, he had one good game. I think he's been all good games except for one yeah. really bad game in the plane. True. No, uh, I don't know. I, I guess have so. to go back. And for the record, not that this ever really means anything, but I, I always you know I'm constantly looking at people's stats. Nuclear is by far the best fantasy stats on that team. So when they win, it's usually with a heavy dose of nuclear. He's been clean. Mm-hmm. He's been the cleanup crew. He's been doing diet Uzi. All right, yeah. I give. Well, I, I still give credit to Barrow because of that too. By the way, that's <laughs> no, but I agree. No, nuclear has been playing well, but like I just like he just like played like just like a straight up carry, like amazingly like hard carry. You know what I mean? He was a monster in that game. Yeah, he was a monster. But I, I mean, I really do like Barrow. Barrel's been playing out of his mind as well. I, I, I just feel like just supports in general. Shout out to Chris. Uh, are just so undervalued. Like just no one just like cares about him. You know, it's the same thing with Mickey X. You know, I really do think Barrel is just How about Core JJ man and Core JJ. Yes, exactly. I, you know, it's, it's, it's and Balan. We have three yeah, studs in this group. Like 
So yeah, I, and most I, people I, wouldn't call Barrel a stud, but he's been good this tournament. He has. Mm-hmm. I would. I would really give it up to the supports, especially in this group. Like the support in this group is pretty much stacked. Yeah, I think um, we haven't. Let's let's knock HQ out. Like, just get our thoughts on HQ out because then I want to dive into these because HQ <laughs> haven't looked terrible. They were just, very similar to HKA for me. They've been competitive in like every game. It's just these teams are so good. Yeah, in this case, it's literally three teams that are like three tiers better than them, two or three tiers <laughs> yeah. better than them, and they're still and they're they look better than I thought they'd look. I'll give them credit, but they're they're probably gonna go to the six. So, <laughs> um. So let's chop this up a little bit because we haven't really talked about Invictus at all. Let's go to Invictus next. Uh, I think the main point I want to bring about Invictus is that this team's clearly good. They have good players. They look like they've developed this like more traditional style, right? But at the same time, I think that that's like cause for concern. And I brought this up on Twitter because like. Part of what makes Invictus good isn't only their players, because clearly, I mean, they've rookie and the shy are, you could argue, the best parasol landers on the planet. Like, there's, you know, very few teams that can compete with that, right? Um, but they're not playing. This is a this is a different team. They only have one different player, but this is a different team than last year. They're not playing the same way anymore. They're playing. I want to say it's like a more homogenized style, probably to accommodate all the substitutions they've made, and specifically in this tournament, Leanne, right? I want to ask you guys because I kind of think it's cause for concern because I think it kind of takes away the X factor that they had and the, the what made them different and unique and that, that intangible that they had, right? Correct. Yeah. I think they maybe get out of this group, but I want to pose this to you guys. Is the fact that Invictus is a more vanilla team now, a detriment to them or like, I shouldn't say detriment because I, I think it's what they need to do given the circumstance they're in. I think it was the correct course of action, but does that lower their chances of getting out of this group or, or for you guys, or does this not move the needle that much for you? I'll I, start. Go ahead. Chris. Well, go ahead. Yeah, Chris. I'll start. I just have a quick thought on this because I did uh, talk to a couple of people and, uh, Leon has been probably, um, well, using the word of John, the uh, Invictus needs to hold his hand. He he is placed on certain champs. Uh, he needs to play a certain style that should not fall behind because he needs to rely on the other lanes to get ahead for this team to win. And this will probably be enough for the group, I think. But beyond that, you're you're looking at a lot more teams with a lot of well-rounded jungles and if you lose the jungle and one of the games i can't i think it's the damn one game where they you see they punished him punished the jungle just straight up took all of his camp not just the bread buffs from the sketgo they took his wolf camp and whatnot and you see that team was not able to recover despite how well the shy played despite how well the other lanes tried to perform so i think it's a cause for concern uh, they'll get out of this group i have no doubt about that Oh, so you have no doubt they'll get out because I'm – I don't want to say I'm doubting because I, really I don't – we said this going into this group. Like I could see any two of these teams, any one of these three teams I could see getting out. I don't, th- I don't think AHQ is getting out, but I, I could I see – and this is a group that I think we all put Damwon definitely getting out. But I, really like this looks more like a like a – maybe like a 40-30-30 kind of split to me, but – 
I could see any one of these teams getting out, but I think when Invictus don't have that, I don't want to say X factor because it's like a niche, like it's like a cheesy, you know, cliche thing. But when they don't have that X factor and they're trying to play straight up against like Liquid and Damwon, like I don't, I, I feel like it's closer to a fifty fifty than I would have before. If that makes sense, I agree. I mean, I agree. I don't think I don't think the X factor is the word that I'm looking for with Invictus. Probably someone. I I, I hate to play it off as land, but someone who can just keep up with like the IG players because I think so. Land is like 17, dude. Like he's only been playing for like a year and a half himself and playing for like on the top level. It just sucks because like because I'm so IG biased and I hate. I'm going to go on a small rant. I just hate how people just go keep putting it. him down, especially cross gear and stuff like that. But the dude's only 17. He's only playing, He played professional basically this entire year, and he has to play on the world stage where you're playing on the world champ. He's been champ tossed team. into an extremely high-pressure situation. That, and you're playing on a team that just got criticized, criticized, criticized all year long. You know what I mean? Like, what type of environment it is to be such at a young age, pressure, they're all young, man. to just come in and just be like, you know what, you're replacing Ning, who was, like, the MVP of the world last year. Okay? I'm so, like, I'm just, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so hard for that. Not saying that's, you know. So, but I just think IG are just so good enough, and I think I'm going to make it out, just to be able to carry land. And the jungle is obviously the most, one of the, like, the most important roles right now in worlds right now because there's so many top tier junglers it's just that i just feel like ig has are basically playing 4v5 because leon's the first day his cast were so bad on the dragons it was just it was just so bad but like ig managed to pull it off against tl they pulled it off and i think just surrounding leon i think they're just you know they're kind of just trying to pick him up and in my opinion, their IG is so strong enough to be able to beat teams on their own. I mean, the shot himself it's, can, you know, 1v3. It's, it's, it's weird because I think, like, there's – they're one of the few teams that I think could carry a weaker player. Like, they're good enough. Like, the other four players are good enough to actually carry a weaker player. But what, what brings up cause for concern for me personally is Canyon's playing – like at a really high level right now, and Xmithy is playing at a really high level right now, and it, it's kind of like a perfect storm in the other direction, right? Like I want to believe in Invictus, but I'm a little bit skeptical. Like I kind of, th- I kind of think it's going to be Damwon and Liquid, and I don't think it's like anything against Invictus. I just think it's like the timing of it's real weird, right? I don't know, like John, like John, what do you think on this? Because I this is the most, this is the hardest one to decide for me. <clears throat> so who's <laughs> Whose mother did Ning have sex with? <laughs> That's the question. Whose mother was it? Because get this guy in the game, man. Why get isn't he playing? Game. Get him in the game. Here's okay. And you I know what? It's memory. It's nothing against Leon either. Like I no, want to make that clear because I don't think Leon. any of us are busting a Leon. I just think he's been thrust into an impossible situation. And, yes. and, Cal- and Calvin, Calvin said that. Like it's this is, an, this is a ridiculous situation to put that kid into. Invictus won so many games. Like, if I have a sense memory, if you say Invictus gaming to me, what do I imagine? I imagine... 24-minute victories. I imagine a 2v2 or a 3v3 in the bot or top river right around 9 or 10 minutes 
where Invictus is at a health disadvantage and they just destroy the fight. Yeah, like not like close. That's what, that's what they did forever. They just hard outplayed a 2v2 or a 3v3 in the river where someone was warding or whatever and a little fight broke out and Invictus just won every single one. They're they doing what FunPlus so is doing teams. now. They beat so many teams off that and it just doesn't exist without Ning. Like Ning was such a huge part of, of being in the right spots for those and having the right priority for those and being in the right side of the map. It's in the a right timing area. thing. So, so much of Invictus's game, so much of Invictus's game last year. And by the way, like I want to point this out because it kind of went unspoken. I think people think that they just like took every fight and just outplayed. A lot of times they did. I think what people don't understand is so much of this was just pristine, perfect timing. Like, yep, and a you have a five-second window to find this fight that you were planning for before the game started. You were like, at 535, this guy's going to be here. We're going to take a 3v3 fight there. This is how it's going to go, and we're going to win it. And Invictus yep. were so, so good at that. And you saw when they started playing these subs, the, the timing was just off. They kept trying to make these plays, and now this is my big cause for concern, is they're not playing Invictus League of Legends. It's impressive as hell that they're not even playing their game, and they're still doing well. Yeah, because their players yeah. are just that good. So maybe, maybe that's it. But I, yeah, I don't know. On, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just... all right. I, I don't know. Yeah, if if Ning slept with somebody, or if he's like said something pro Hong Kong on Twitter, or I don't know. <laughs> what they, I, I really want to see Ning back in. Um, I think, like I said, this is not even shitting on Lan. I think just that this is not the team to be on in the situation that you're talking about. Especially, this is there's no worse team in the world to be on than Invictus because Invictus were so much about exactly like you said, timing things. And it wasn't, sometimes it was a fight like you're talking about that they predicted, but sometimes it was just that Ning had a sixth sense for being where the other team was going to try to make a play and just being right there for when they hopped on rookie while he was warding. Oh, suddenly Ning's there. Now it's a two V two Invictus wins it because they're so insanely skilled. And so, yeah, I still think Invictus is getting out of the group. Um, I'm with Chris on that one. I think they're getting out, but I'm not considering them a world's contender with Lan. I don't think um, there's just too many situations that can come up where it matters. Like jungle's too important. It's just and too I just important. don't get it is, and I just don't get what's going on with Ning because the champion pools in this tournament have been Ning champion pools. The styles have been Ning styles. I just don't understand why they don't trust him to do. It's a better situation probably even than last year as far as like metagame and timing and stuff. It's perfect for him, and I don't know why they're worried about him or what's going on with him, but uh, yeah, I'd like I to see him back. I would love to be a fly on the wall to see like what's going on behind the scenes here because I mean, this suddenly ju- it just puts so much pressure on the rest of the map. And would it surprise me if Invictus get out of groups? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I- I'm going the other way. I-, I don't think they're getting out this year, so – and it, it, again, like it's, I think it's just a weird timing. I think it's the fact that they're, they're like borderline predictable right now. Like they're gonna need just otherworldly performances from rookie and the shy. Which it's the rookie, it's rookie and the shy. Like they could definitely do that. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think it's it's the RNG situation we talked about before the tournament started, right? Where we said with RNG in regards to Fnatic. Now Fnatic's underperformed a little bit, but we said with RNG. It's going to take Uzi playing at 120% because he's limited in what he's what he can do, right? Like just meta wise, I think Invictus are playing with an arm tire. Like I think if you look at Invictus, you need to look at this team as a different team now. Like this team is just like all these other teams now. 
they just happen to have a handful of absolutely ridiculous players, right? And maybe that's enough. But I, I'm on. I'm honestly, I'm honestly willing to bet against it at this point. And yeah, I, I think the problem is I, I don't know how the other teams are going to knock them out. Like Damwon, uh, like Nogueri. Yeah, but Nogueri got so dumpstered by the shy, and rookie is as good or better than Showmaker. And yeah. the bot lane, Jackie and Valan, I think have been better than Nuclear and Barrel. Not in that scored. game, they weren't. <laughs> Not in that game, they weren't. You're right about that. But I think in general that they're probably better overall. Yeah. I'd agree and with that. So really, I think Damwon's one real advantage is in the jungle, so it's going to have to be big. With Team Liquid, but Jensen has been be. abysmal. Jensen has been awful mm. for me. We haven't talked about Team Liquid, but yeah. it well, wasn't it's... even just that one Oriana game where he was like clearly bad. I think he's just been bad in general. And Smithy has not looked real impressive for me either. Impact is having a renaissance performance. Impact looks just nuts. He's been yeah, out of his mind this great. tournament, man. But they ha- they have to have that to compete with Invictus, I think. For me, it's between whoever wins between Team Liquid and Damwon in their second matchup is who's going to get out of this group. Here's what I think is interesting about this, too, is that I think Damwon are playing closer to their ceiling than their floor. Yes. I agree. But they're also a real Feast or Famine team. Like they're Not Feast or Famine, they're a real Two-Face team. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Liquid, if we want to make the regression argument for Fnatic and the regression argument for Splice, we have to make the regression argument for Liquid because I think Liquid could play way better than they've been playing, and I still think they've been pretty good. Yeah, Liquid, I think Liquid could beat Damwon. I, I, I think Invictus is my new – I had Damwon being the number one team in this group, and I'm, I'm going to move over to Invictus even though I'm not happy with what they're doing. I still think they're better enough than Damwon and Liquid. Okay, so okay, so John thinks – so. Let's go. So who's getting out of this group then? Um, I'm going to go Invictus and Damwon, but I would not be surprised if Liquid beat Damwon and, and get out of the group. Okay. Calvin, who's getting I... out of this group? Uh, HQ and Invictus. <laughs> <laughs> totally Invictus. Yeah. If HQ gets out of this group, it'd be the greatest like, upset it. in the history it. of the league. I would love it. If HQ get out of this group, I'll fly to Chicago and buy you a beer. Yes. They just come stop everybody in the second round. Robin, straight we'll, go, we'll go get some Chicago-style pizza, and I'll, I'll buy beers for the night. There we go. That's the, that's the... <laughs> Let's do it. So, so who's getting out of this group? I realistically, uh, IG and Damwon. IG and Damwon? Yes. Chris, what about you? It's IG and Damwon. Yes, I'm really... As much as I think this is the best liquid I've seen in international event, I don't think it's enough. I feel like they're playing to their ceiling. Xmizzy's playing extremely well, even though he was probably... I don't think they are. I think they're playing like... No, I think they're playing to their ceiling, in my no, opinion. No, 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 no. I, think, I think they can be better with Core JJ and... The, Double lift I there. think Smithy's playing out of his mind. Just... No, Impact's playing out of his mind. Impact <laughs> is, but for X Smithy, for X Smithy, I think he's playing out of his mind. But also, like what John said, I don't think Jensen's not really playing as well. Jensen is for sure not playing as well. So if you could, you know, go back to the old Jensen, and you know, they could they could probably take a game from Dan One, maybe they come in second. But I honestly think I'm pretty sh- set in stone on IG and Dan One. No particular order though. Yeah, I think the no particular order is going to be a theme. Like, John, any particular mm-hmm. order for you? Maybe a tiebreaker, uh, right? I think IG's going to come first. Damn, and I okay. think it's going to be up yeah. Damwon and Liquid. And I would really prefer to see Liquid. I, I, I give the slight edge to Damwon, but God, I really want to see Double Lift. We, we dude, we, talk, we talked about this last week that this this is my biggest letdown call, right? 
This yeah. Guy, Liquid's going to get so much shit if they don't get out of this group, and like it's not going to be deserved at all. I do feel oh. bad, dude. I love Double Lift, dude. Double Lift and his inter- post-game interviews are so, like, <laughs> This team like, is good. good. That's, what, that's what's upsetting. Like, fuck the narratives. Like, this team yeah. is good, and they're not going to get out of groups again. Like, actually, I, I think they're getting out of groups. So. He takes the shit hard, too, and I know he's better at playing it off on Twitter than someone like Reckless or whatever, but he takes the shit hard that he never gets out of groups. And that a lot of times it's been a double lift underperformance in a lot of those series too that's made it happen. I'd really like to see him get out this year. I, you know, I just, I just said all that stuff. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be Dan Juan and Liquid in that order. And I know that's like a bit hot takey, but like I, and and I, I just want to clarify, like I, I, it's still close. Like I said, like I think this is like forty thirty thirty. Yeah, maybe closer than that. Maybe closer than that. I think this is like. 35, 35, 35, 35, or like 35, 35, 30, and then the rest, right? Like, yeah, no, probably 100% right there. No, it's like 40, 40, 15 or something like that. I know it's close. It's the point I'm making is it's close, right? It's really, it's, it's like 35, 31, 33, and one, <laughs> whatever, right? Like that's, that's okay, how I like close, your math. The, okay, whatever. That's how close this group is, is the point I'm making. Like, it's basically 33% for all three of these teams to me. I'm just breaking ties against Leon because I think I think Liquid have have had a track record of being able to you they have a track record, a good track record against IG. I think they can play better than they've been playing. Uh I think Canyon is just playing nuts. I mean, you could make the regression argument for Damwon too that Canyon's just been nuts and Nuclear's just been nuts and they can't sustain that. That would be what I'd say. I think if you're going to make an argument about everybody returning to their average, yeah. then Damwon is the team that's most likely to drop. I think Liquid is could play a little better. I think if IG Leyan figures it out, the rest of IG I think is playing pretty good, even though Jackie and Valan got dumpstered in that one game. Yeah. I still think the rest of IG is playing pretty good, and if Leyan is not a detriment to the team, I think they're beating teams pretty badly. Yeah. So, so what would you guys think if the second part of the round robin they brought in Ning? I wouldn't would be as high could, on it as would you I'm guys assuming John would be. John, John looks like he's like he's like ready to roll oh, right now. Yeah, like I'm already I'm already predicting them to come out of the group first. Mm-hmm. But if they put in Ning, I, I'm very sold on them coming first. Here's here here would be my if they announce Ning an hour from now. I would temper expectation because I guarantee they haven't been practicing with them, and I guarantee this team wouldn't be prepped to do that. At the same time, though. These players they are good enough, how- and maybe this is just like riding a bike, and they just get back on the bike. And they don't have to play with Ning, baby. They pop right back on that yeah, bitch. That's fair. Right yeah, that's fair. Bike. Like Ning bike, no problem. Yeah. So, all right. So, you guys are all on IG Dan One. I'm on Liquid Dan One. In no- yep. Dan One, probably Dan One first, Liquid second. But like again, typically no I would order. be on HQ, but <laughs> fine. <laughs> For the record, let the record show. Okay, so. um any other take? This group is super interesting. So, uh, I was gonna briefly take a formats. what's up. Oh, I, was gonna, I was just gonna remind everybody also because they they switch formats now. Yes. yes. To the to where they play the rest of the group in one day. So that's gonna be. Well, a, they did a, this a, last year too. Yeah, yeah. I just mean they switch from the way that they did it in the first round robin. Yeah. So, so it's no longer split amongst the groups now. It's it's all the like group A is in one day, group D is in one day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Mm-hmm. Um, worth noting, by the way, uh, and this is a spot I looked at last year. It didn't. It wasn't profitable last year because last year was just that shit crazy. 
But something worth looking into for this year is there are teams that play back-to-backs on these days now. And I don't want to equate it entirely to playing on short rest in football or playing a back-to-back in hockey or basketball or baseball or whatever. But I think it's worth noting because there's emotional reactions that can happen. So, like, if you have a team that can't lose a game and they lose a game and they're eliminated and have to play that next game, maybe they're definitely not winning that game. Or maybe they pressure's off and they do. So keep an eye out for that kind of thing because sometimes teams will just mail it in. Sometimes teams teams will play a weird pick. Some teams care more or less about that than other teams, too. There's definitely teams that are swagger teams that if they win that first game and it's a tough matchup, I expect them to 3-0 the day, like – They'll, they'll just be feeling it yeah, after they. I think I think Dan Wan's a really like a momentum team. I think Invictus could be if they, you know, given circumstances. Like to me, like the momentum, fun not, plus. Yeah, if fun plus come out and open, and they're they're going to smash their day. I'm pretty sure. I would say like G two is not. I think G two is going to play the same way no matter what. I think SKT is going to play the same way no matter what. Yeah, SKT Liquid. I don't think those teams are RNG. that reliant on the momentum. RNG as well. But I definitely think Invictus and Damwon, some of those teams are uh, Fnatic. I think if Fnatic comes out and stomps their first game, they got a real shot at three zeroing, just like feeling it, you know. So, so it's it's just it's something I wanted to bring up because there's spots where you might get weird picks, you might get teams trolling, you might not, you might get teams that troll and loosen up, and because they loosened up, they're better, you know. So it's just something to keep an eye on. You can also see. I don't know if you guys saw the looks on the Hong Kong attitude players faces after that loss today but they looked like they were just done like they're they like we had a lead on g2 and we lost they didn't really have a lead on g2 though so that's, um, that's what they, they just looked ruined um i was gonna talk about so i i did like a like a sort of long-winded patch rundown uh in the last cast and i don't want to go too, in too in depth but apparently i was just wrong on zaya Apparently, just, like, being safe like that is, is – being safe like that and being able to repel die. Like, the ultimate's just good enough that no matter the cooldown, no matter the other nerfs, it's just worth playing her. And as it turns out, that's the case because Zaya has been the most played AD carry. Zaya and Kaiser are more or less the only AD carries being played at this tournament, like, oh every game. Gosh. I was like – I even put that poll up today. Who would you perma ban? Zaya or Kiana? <laughs> yeah. So, the other thing that's worth noting – so, um, I'm sure, uh can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's been a lot of. I mean, you could look at and Tim Tim Seven Houston's got it on on uh, mm. Game of Legends as well, or not uh, on Oracle's Oracle. Elixir, and then Game of Legends has it as well. There's a million places you can break down the champion picks, right? First of all, by the way, in the main event alone, we've had 69 unique champion picks. I think it goes up to 89 on the whole tournament, including the play-in, which is the most we've ever had. Uh, it was 84 before the main event started, which was tied for the most. So diverse champion pool, kind of expected that. Um, Pantheon's been banned in every single game. Yep. Uh, 100% banned, not picked, 100% banned. Uh, the next f- – there, there's, like, a tier for the next one, which is Kiana and Kale. We've seen Kiana a couple times. Um, she's been picked five times. There's There's been three games that have gone – she's gone through, pick, and ban. Uh, Kale's another one that we've seen a bunch. Kale's gotten through in five games. So there's this whole tier below, but – when you have one champion that's 100% picked or banned, that's a marked like that's a big disadvantage for red side if the other team has a deep enough champion pool to punish it. So we haven't seen that come to fruition. Like red side has actually won more than blue side in this tournament by like two games 
so it's not it's not like a huge advantage. Um, but I think that's mostly because the good teams have, like good teams have been on red side. And we're going to see good teams on blue side from now now on, which is another reason why I think we're going to see fewer upsets in the second round robin. Um, so it's just something I wanted to take note of. I was off on Zaya. Uh, Pantheon is apparently way more busted than any of us imagined. And I, I kind of think we're going to see Kiana get banned more because especially if you're a good team, there's just not a reason to let that through. Like, it's so volatile. She can just take over a game, like, out of nowhere. And if you look at, like, some of the teams, like like AHQ, like Hong Kong Attitude, like, if you look at some of these, like, the games that she's been picked in have been games that could have gone south for good teams, right? And she's a really busted champion. I, th- I kind of think the good teams might start banning her more, but we'll see. Other than that, this crazy di- crazy diverse. I thought some of the drafts in this tournament, regardless of the teams involved, have been really, really intelligent. I've had a couple that have been really unintelligent, like Ams, but from a meta standpoint, tournament's been crazy interesting. Just an interesting general metagame question for you, or how you're about your feelings on it. And I recognize completely that uh, my solo queue experience is not relevant. <laughs> but uh, is there an argument to be made that eighty carries just unless you have an absolute all star eighty carry that eighty carries just aren't what you should be doing right now, like? Like I said, I recognize this isn't relevant, but in the last few weeks, I've been playing all ages in the bot lane every game, and it's been just dominant. Like, I was getting stomped on, on AD carries and just switched to playing nothing but mages, and it's been way stronger playing all mages. Yeah. And then I see the pro teams also doing the same thing, so I, I feel like maybe you know I'm on to something. As they so are. I think there's a few layers to this, and I think for the purposes of your solo queue games, I think... AD carry is the hardest position to play in solo queue. It's the hardest position to climb with. It's the hard. I tend to think that most AD carry players are about three to five divisions better on average than like if you're a consistent player at that level. Like once you get like above gold, really, I tend to think AD carry players are just naturally better than non AD carry players because they have to be, right? Yeah, I've seen kind of the same things in the pro so, play that I see in my games, which is the AD carries have a really hard time not getting one shot. Yeah, so, so many one shot champions. So there. here's there's a couple different elements to this, and I think. The first element is the reason you're seeing it more in solo queue is because it's easier to have an average game on a mage bot lane than it is an AD carry bot lane at the levels that we play at, right? Plat- Diamond, platinum, gold, silver. Like it's easy. It's honestly it's easier to have a functional game on like Syndra or something like that than it is on Caitlyn. And I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but. Just in general, you'd be surprised. Like you, you need to be less good. I to totally agree with you. Which is why part of the reason why I think Cloud Nine benefits from this metagame is because it's easier to hide a bad bot lane in this metagame. But let me let me break this down a step further. In pro play, I think it's a little bit different. In pro play, I think it has more to do with specifically the champions that are strong right now and uh, draft equity. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's two primary AD carries that are like just better than the field. Like, they're just better than the rest of the AD carries right now, and that's Zaya and Kaisa, for reasons that are specific to... Zaya, for reasons that are specific to pro play. Uh, you can play Zaya strong side or weak side. She's a good priority laner. She can shove. Um, she's tremendously safe, and when you give... It's the same as the Ezreal treatment. When you give these top-tier players that kind of level of safety, like that kind of reset button, it's potent, right? Also, really, really good against a lot of the comps that are good right now. You're not seeing a whole lot of poke once in a while. It's mostly going in and diving comps, and she's just insanely good in those, which I think is part of why you're seeing her. And then there's Kesa, because Kesa's just overtuned. She's versatile. She can build AP. She can build AD. She can kind of 
become accustomed to this. She can adapt to the situation she's in. Those two champions are so much better than the rest of the field at AD carry that you're seeing a situation where like it's all about getting one of those two or getting both of them. There's also a lot of other characters that are on that like tier two. Like Pantheon's 100% picked or banned, but there's a whole bunch of champions that are in that tier two that are like borderline must bans. Syndra, Kiana, Kale. I'm just like looking at it now. Syndra, Kiana, Kale, LeBlanc, uh, Renekton, Twisted Fate, like side lane Twisted Fate, and the twist, the both AP and the Trinity Force Twisted Fate are both really potent right now. Um, that's like the next tier, right? And the reason that, that you're seeing some of these mages is because you're able to take... It's, it's really a lot of this keys on Syndra specifically. If you're able to take... Because we've seen a lot of Syndra bot, right? If you're able to take Syndra away from the enemy team, it's kind of like a takeaway and... An, it's like half a takeaway and half an additional ban. And it's functional enough in the bot lane that you can just play it because she's... You know, over to it just works well enough that it's worth using it kind of as an as a fourth ban in the first phase. It's a flex pick because it's still a great mid laner. It's also a bot laner that you can flex there if you need to if you find an advantageous matchup in the mid lane, right? She's also really good against most of the next tier of mid lane champions like Oriana and like Rise and stuff like that. She's really really good against that stuff. So it's a takeaway. So you're kind of like getting an extra ban, but also getting a power pick that's also flexible. And it also sets up counter picks. So it's a really, really strong blue side situation. And that's, I think, what... That's like Syndra specific, but I think part of the reason you're seeing some of the mages is it's just a way to kind of break parity. And some of them are also good against Zaya and and Kesa specifically. So, like... There was two games that stuck out in my mind of Kabe playing Tristana and Mission playing Tristana. Because I have a lot of memories from throughout League of games where a team was losing and the game went kind of late and there was a Tristana on one side and they just took over the game. Like, they just dominated yeah. the game. And then I watched this really Kabe. Well. Yeah, and I, but I watched this Kabe game and I watched this mission game and I went back and, like, watched through these team fights and they're not shooting anybody. And they can't. Because even though she has a super long range, if she steps anywhere near a whole bunch of these champions, she can just get one shot. And so, like, a lot of people were talking shit about Mission on Twitter and also Kabe for not having enough of an effect in these fights. But if you go back and watch these fights, they can't step into any of these champions. And so that's what made me feel like the AD carries might not have a spot because they had fed Tristanas in these games that could that should dominate team fights in theory. But they can't get anywhere near a lot of these champions. I think Tristana's kind of an interesting one, too, because and, – and for what it's worth, since the last podcast, I've actually been playing a lot of this – Mostly in preparation for the mid Tristana. Like, I've been playing the mid Tristana. Top lane has been playing this whole the top lane Tristana. In lane, it plays more like an assassin because you're a bully and you want to just abuse getting levels. You still play as an eighty carry, but what makes you what you part of what the eighty carries are having trouble with right now is that the zone control is just so strong. A team can yeah. bust out of Agar bottom. They can play Nautilus. They can play like there's all these different tools. The Garen Yumi is just insane. You're never gonna kill a Garen. But it's frustrating because if you don't have an AD carry, you're actually never going to kill a Garen. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of – AD carries are in a weird place. I think it's too easy to just be like, okay, AD carries are underpowered right now because, like, they're still really, really powerful. I actually think that there's a there's a reasonable chance we're going to see, like, a Vayne or a Kog'Maw or something like that because it makes sense right now, right? Ash is really, really good. Um, if Varus was a better weak side laner, I think you'd see Varus. But like, 
so much of the game right now is about being able to be flexible going into like as you proceed through the draft, and a lot of it is just about picking bot lane early right now. Like you're not counter picking eighty carry, so the bot lanes need to be able to play weak side or strong side depending on how the rest of the draft shakes out. So you end up just seeing it's the same as when you see the control mate when it's a Nazir quirky meta in mid lane. That's because those two champions are so good at the things that they do that you need something that is exceptional at breaking rule one way or the other. Otherwise, it's not worth it. It's not worth losing the flexibility, right? So that's kind of why we're seeing all this. And you could make an argument that even though we've seen a bunch more champions and that there's a lot of creativity, that it's a little bit gated in terms of um, just, like, what you're able to do because you have to be versatile enough to be able to do things. So... Demanding flexibility really limits the certain champ. There's only certain champions you can play, right? I do think we're going to see more more um, diversity in the AD carry carry pool because I think Caitlyn's really good right now. I think Ash is exceptional right now on this patch. Um, I do think, and you started to see it a little bit. I do think we're going to start seeing Kesa bans, which is just going to force some different AD carries. I also think teams are getting better at finding ways around the Garen Yumi, finding ways around. Not every team plays the Sona Tom. Uh, and you're going to start seeing some stuff, but it's been really, really interesting, the bot lane, but I, that's kind of why we're seeing some of this stuff, and it doesn't have to do with the fact that the characters aren't strong. It's just that there are two that are exceptional, and there are mages that are good against those. There are also mages that are exceptional, and the, with Syndra specifically, and Kale specifically too, it's both a takeaway and kind of an extra ban, so it's like a double swing in the draft. You get a ton of equity from it. So... It's kind of long-winded and weird to say, and like people can criticize, like people criticize Fnatic for that draft today, but it's a weird state right now. And they, the casters did a really good job talking about this. Um, they talked about how we think of hyper carries, right, or hyper scaling characters. There's also hyper tanks. There's hyper healers. There's we should just kind of change this term, and I, I think Jat said it today. We really should just change this term to hyper scaler in general. Because they can cover a bunch of different roles, right? Garen is a hyper tank. It's when he gets items, it's impossible to kill him, and he does enough damage where it's relevant, right? Yumi is Yumi and Sona are hyper supports, right? I don't know if you saw the some of these some of these Garen Yumi games. The, the Yumi is the carry in that team in that comp. Yeah, Yumi's I love doing that. forty. There was a sixty thousand damage Yumi game in this tournament. I didn't realize that that was what was going on. The yeah, first Garen's time. just a delivery device, man. Garen's just, just a body. Person they can put Yumi on so yeah. she doesn't die. Or yeah, it's why Mundo, Mundo too. Yeah, like it's the same. It's the same reasoning, right? So Very. let's try to shift our terminology to hyperscaler because I think um, that's like more relevant. Because there's a lot of like tweener characters too. Swain, Rise, like these are hyperscalers, but not just because of their damage, it's the combination of damage and tankiness, right? So, um, yeah, the, the meta has been really, really interesting. And I, I kind of think it's getting solved a little bit, but there's enough tools and enough curveballs that you can throw that I don't think anything is going to be truly solved. And I think once best of fives open up, it's going to be really, really interesting. So, um, you guys want to, let's quick run down the betting slate and then we'll uh, get out of here. Unless you guys have anything else on that. Any other like questions, thoughts on the meta? I know I kind of like nope. dominated that conversation, but no, that was actually good. Good. At, uh, yeah. That, good. That's why you're seeing that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm learning yeah. here, learning good stuff. Also, because the Tristana is a thing that you can do, that's another reason that opens up the mage bots because like that Hong Kong, I think it was the Hong Kong attitude draft in game one where they had the Vagar Nautilus bottom with the Tristana. That's an insane siege comp. You just put yeah. the, the Vagar event horizon down 
and you just get a free uh, explosive charge proc on the tower mm. with demolish. It's really hard to engage into that. So that's another reason you're kind of seeing this stuff too. It's kind of versatile. It's why people are trying to Lucian out again too. So, <laughs> and Jace, Jace is another reason. So, um, Thursday, We've got games on Thursday. Um, Gigabyte Marines plus five hundred, fun plus minus nine hundred. I do have a hard time. I think Fun Plus is going to win almost for sure. I have a hard time not taking Gam at plus 500 against just about anybody because they feel like a team that can beat anybody on the right day. I may end up putting something on on Gam here, even though I don't think they're going to win. Plus 500 might be too rich for the style that they play. I will say that uh, if you trust their drafting, Gam do get blue side for this, which is, I think, going to be an advantage the further this tournament goes on. So it might be relevant. Yeah, I believe I'll end up with a with a unit on Gam there. I'm, it's going to depend on what the kill spread is for Fun Plus. If it's anything reasonable, I'm probably firing. If it's like seven and a half, eight and a half, I'll probably go. But I don't know. It's if these bloody games can go crazy, it can be like sixteen to twelve. You know. So or, interesting. So no bet for me, but game stack. Go for it. Yeah, very this, reasonable. This game is a good. This is a good game stack. Is that going to be too chalky though? It's going to be. It's not going to be. It's on the same slate with J Team Splice, which I would predict to be a very low-scoring game. So I think a Gam FPX game stack is definitely in play. Okay, I could see that. You also get Gam against J Team, which could be a pop off. I mean, if Gam if Gam have a bloody game and then a, and they do their thing against J Team and Splice, then well, well how's how's DraftKings splitting this up? Are they doing two games at a time? Two game plates. Okay. So it's Okay. Gam FTX and J Team Splice. So I, I, I think the game stack is that actually makes more sense. Is playable there. Um, J Team minus one ten, Splice minus one twenty five. So slight edge to Splice. You can shop around. I got all these the, at Bet three sixty five, but you can kind of just look wherever. I'm so mad that they're not making Splice an underdog. Right. I want I want to bet Splice as a dog in this one and against Gam down there, and they're just making them a favorite in both of them, and it really tilts me. But is it? It's like too much of a favorite to lay, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to bet them, yeah. and I, I really want to see Splice plus one twenty five right here. That's where I expected to see when I went to go look, and it's not what was there. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have. This isn't enough value on J Team. If this is like plus one ten or plus one twenty, I'd take J Team, but because I think these two teams are very similar. Yeah, I think I'd take plus one twenty five on either of them. Yeah, like I think just take, but you know when it's but like double no juice like this, it's not really any really? value. So, um. Uh, Gam plus one twenty five, J Team plus one seventy five. This is a good dog spot potentially. I do think Gam plays the best style you can play against J Team. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I, I was all over them to beat J Team outside of being G two. <laughs> second time around, these aggressive teams tend to have less success against the same opponents the second time around. So I'm probably going to abstain um, and just play J Team and DFS and not bet, but. You could bet Gam here, and I wouldn't hate you. Yeah, that's going to be an overarching theme for me, and I, I didn't put them down, but uh, I've been diving a lot into like kill spreads and stuff recently, and I think an overarching theme for the second half of this tournament is that I think the good teams are going to separate, and you're going to see a clear difference. Like, so I'll probably be laying like huge kill spread numbers in the second half, just because I think they're I think the good teams are just going to smash these these bottom teams. The interesting matchups are the closer ones, so. Uh, splice three thirty plus three thirty three phone plus minus five hundred. Nothing here for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't like splice enough, even at that number. Nope. Splice That's minus one eighty eight. Gam plus one thirty seven. 
I don't think uh, Gam makes the same draft mistake, and I think you're getting enough value in Gam and not enough in Splice that I might put like a small amount on on Gam here. I really feel the same way I felt in the JT matchup. Is like I think Splice is going to win. I don't think I'm going to bet it, but if you wanted to take Gam, I, w- I wouldn't hate that. I think that's fine. Yeah, it just. I think I'd rather take them at plus five hundred against FPX, even though FPX is better. Because FPX doesn't know a fight that they're going to say no to. Just a huge difference in value for a team that you think, like, if you say, you know, this is a hyper-aggressive team that's going to take a weird, like, Nocturne comp and go ham on somebody, it's hard to put them under 20% to win yeah. when they're, they're going to do that. Something, I don't know who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody about how normally, like, during the year or, like, traditionally in spots like this where you have, like, a team that's willing to fight, like, Fun Plus and a team like Gam that are that only know how to fight... It's like a like a blow up spot, right? Where you you take the dogs just because there's random stuff that can happen. The more I see this, the more I'm thinking that like, and there's not a lot of evidence for this, but like there's certain situations that I think there's exceptions to the rule, like model breaker kind of situations where like, I think if Gam just consistently fight into Fun Plus, I just don't see a universe where Fun Plus are losing these fights. Like, like when it's 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 like picking a fight with the biggest strongest baddest dude at the bar right like yeah maybe you got some chops but like he's just going to kick your ass most of the time still like so i don't know i will say this is good advice by the way this advice that we're giving about gam is actually good advice in basically all uh dfs that you can play uh and betting like in mma some of my favorite picks are when two guys who only knock people out are fighting. It's great to take the underdog because yeah. these guys are just going to swing at each other. There's a pretty reasonable chance the underdog is going to be the one that connects. In basketball, teams that play really good offense and bad defense are great teams to pick other like opponents against. Yeah. Could be a day where they just miss their shots. And Hockey teams they play terrible yep. yeah. yeah, so this is just generally good advice. Bad in pitchers in baseball. High-variance teams, no matter how good they are or bad they are. Yeah, are I know. Teams. I know two average starters and two bad bullpens against each other. You take the dog a lot of times. Yep. Yeah. So good advice in general betting there. Um, any anybody on splice or is that too rich? No, nah, I'm not gonna pay minus one eighty eight. I don't think. If this is like one fifty, I'd probably think about it. Uh, FBX minus six hundred. J team plus three fifty. This is the one that I'll never touch. Do you believe like, in the double upset? I think 100% splice win, or FPX wins. I think Fun Plus are going to smash this game so hard. I don't think I would bet J-Team at like plus 700. I think like FPX is going to smash them. All right. Uh, you remember, you remember, hold on. Go you ahead, remember the second time summer when FPX finally get their revenge on JDG? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Were they, was it was like 25 to 3 in that game or something. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel bad for J Team here. They stole one and they're just they just pissed off the doing B. <laughs> By the way, can we I could watch him play Rise like all day. All day. Watching like world class elite Rise players is a joy. It's oh, so yeah. so difficult to do that kind of stuff. And when I've the teams know how to play with it, it's mm, it's the best. I've been spamming a lot of Rise recently it's and hard. like like you said with LeBlanc, it gives me so much like respect for it because you always do a lot of damage as Rise, but when I play him, I just die instantly. Yeah. Like the fight starts and I'm Same. like, ah, take this, and then I'm dead Same. immediately. It's just oh perfect. It's yeah. perfect management of cooldowns, perfect utilization. And just like seeing high-level teams use the ult the way they do. Fun Plus oh, Phoenix uses that never Rise ult. SKT does this too because <laughs> Faker's maybe the best Rise ever, but like 
just watching good rise players, like teams and the players is, is a real joy. Um, it's like good lease in play. It's just fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, Friday, we have group a Griffin minus two seventy five, cloud nine plus 200 too rich, <laughs> barely too rich. To be honest with you, I'd almost lay that <laughs> I'm, I'm on the opposite side. I want just a little bit more value on cloud nine. Yeah. I can see I'm not, that. I'm not going to bet it. If I got Cloud9 at like plus 250, plus 275, I think I'd bet Cloud9. I think that's enough, but I'm not going to bet this one. How about G2 minus 1200 against Hong Kong Attitude? I won't take G2 minus 1200 against like my rec league team. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I spent yeah. the whole year betting futures on G2 because I think they're not going to lose in the long run, but never betting them in games because yeah. I don't because I just think they're too volatile. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So Hong Kong Attitude, likely dream crushed after that game, get to go against Griffin the next game. God, that's a joy, isn't it? All right, Griffin, by the way, you want to talk about two stylistically different teams that basically do the same thing to you? Like, I I was saying this, I made this comparison earlier in the cast, but, like, it looks different, but a punish is a punish, right? Griffin, Cloud9 made literally, like, one mistake today. And Griffin, it took him 20 minutes, but Griffin closed the game off of that one mistake, right? (laughs) G2 just smash you in three minutes from doing it, right? So it looks different, but the same thing is accomplished, right? I can't think of a more miserable team I'd want to face than Griffin after being eliminated from this tournament. You can make the argument that maybe this is a good, like, just let it loose, like, let everything fly kind of spot, but I, Griffin are just too disciplined. I don't, I don't see any universe where Hong Kong gets this game. I don't think I'll do it, but this is one of the few spots where if you wanted to lay negative 600, I think I'd be all right. I'd be fine with you doing that. And I still I still might do it. Like, I almost never lay 600, yeah. but I, I think there's, like, almost no way Griffin loses this game. Yeah, there's – especially – Especially if if Hong Kong if G two just demoralizes this team. I mean, did you see them today? They yeah. have to come back on Friday and play that team, and then Griffin back to back. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Um, Cloud Nine plus two seventy five. G two minus four hundred. No, not good enough for me on either side. No, I think Cloud Nine. I mean, I'm sure they have another <clears throat> ace up their sleeve. I don't think it's all right. They had an ace up their sleeve. I think now they have like a jack up their sleeve. Or a queen, like I think whatever they bust out now might be might be sweet and might be creative. It's just not going to be as good as what they've shown us. I think. It's like I think Sven. they've shown us every, all their curveballs. It's a Sven. They're going to pull a Sven up their sleeve. Yeah, that's maybe. all they have left. That's all they have left. Maybe this one's more interesting. Um, so nobody on Cloud Nine here. Nope. Uh, Cloud uh, Hong Kong Attitude plus one sixty two. Cloud Nine minus two twenty five. This is it's highly relevant whether Cloud9 is still in the running. If Cloud9 is in the running here, I would slam minus 225 for Cloud9. I just don't think they're going to be. Yeah, it really depends if they if they beat Griffin or not. Griffin or G2 need to lose. If they don't beat yeah. Griffin. Yeah, if they don't beat Griffin, this might be a reasonable spot to bet Hong Kong attitude because it's probably a fiesta-ish game. This, this is an overkill total game 120%. I don't yeah. care if it's thirty-two. This is a hundred. This, <laughs> this is way. This is like windmill. Dominique Wilkins windmill slam the overkill total in this game because it's just going to be fucking Timo timer dinger nonsense. Like and Cloud Nine is quietly since they're coming from NA, especially quietly one of the bloodiest teams in the tournament. Yeah, they, they play very bloody games. And then uh, the last game, probably to decide first seed or potential tiebreakers. G two minus one seventy five. Griffin plus one twenty five. 
I will be betting G2 in this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I love Griffin, but man, oh man. <laughs> Those odds are really good for G2. You're never going to see 175 for G2 the rest exactly. of the tournament unless it's against SKT. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't think that Griffin particularly plays well against... It's a, it's a bad stylistic matchup. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup for G2. So. It's interesting to watch because I, I, like, I always like matchups like this because it shows me just how good the defensive teams can be. Like, if Griffin... W- I almost wouldn't be surprised if Griffin win this, but if they win this, it's almost definitely going to be impressive. You know what I'm saying? That's for sure. Because, like, you need to just weather the siege. And they're the kind of team that can do that. Tarzan, by the way, kind of went unspoken. Tarzan was nuts in this game today. Like, he yeah, was absolutely crazy. Like, he... he uh, just go go back and watch. Just just put the VOD on and just watch him. He matched every moment, knew everything, and knew where to be. Baited situations to get teleports and summoners out. It's just beautiful. Um, Saturday, Group C. Uh, anybody on Griffin here? Even I'm going to be on G2 here, I think. Nope. I might not bet it. We'll see. This might be one that you have to get now because I almost think people are 100% going to up this to like 200 or 225 by the time the game starts. Yeah, you might be right. We'll see. Uh, maybe not. It might go the other way. Um, Saturday, we have um, Group C. So we have RNG versus SKT. RNG's plus 125, SKT minus 175. I think we're plus 125 on RNG. I still have a faith in RNG to play to the ceiling as well and SKT are looking really good right now but I just feel like RNG still can beat SKT RNG look like the third best team in this tournament even though they're really linear like I think they've looked a little better than Fun Plus I don't think that's necessarily entirely true like I think Fun Plus is probably still better but They've looked better. Like you, I, you could convince me that RNG is the third. They are, yeah. RNG is super linear, but I think the way they diverse is definitely in the top. Top. They're just, they're just good. The top half. Like, yeah. And and they played a really close game the first time around. I, I tend to I tend to like taking the favorite again in spots like this because I think people get it in their head that like, oh, it was a close game the first time. It'll be a close game this time around. Especially a team like I, SKT, they just use information so, so well. I feel like SKT is such a just a big name value. And people are loving the Faker hype, so I think all the money's going to go to the SKT. Yeah, I mean, this is another one where just like I think the G two in the last game, like if you want SKT and you're going to bet the money on it, like put it now because I, I think people are probably going to be on SKT. I'm betting SKT for sure. I don't think RNG gets the monkey off their back here. I think this is kind of similar to what you were talking about with Cloud Nine and Griffin. I think RNG's chance to beat SKT was that last game, yeah. and they'll. They'll be re-mentally defeated after that game. Well, I also think, like, it could be close. I'm just more willing. Like, it's been years. It's been literal years. The more film SKT gets on you, you're the worst chance you have. Like, they just, they, they have a way of solving people. They're just, they're so good at this. They've been so good at it for so long, which is just infrastructure and coaching, right? And I think SKT, honestly, like, didn't even play that well for SKT in that game. And they still managed to win it. They, I mean, obviously they looked good. They looked a world class team. They, they were they're ridiculous, but I think they can play better than that. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this number, and if it goes too much higher, I'm probably gonna be off of it. But if it stays around here, it goes toward RNG, and then I'll be on SKT. But I could I could totally see why you'd be on RNG. RNG's good. They look great. Um, <laughs> clutch plus two twenty five. Fnatic minus three hundred. 
Dude. I low key might play. They're two twenty five. I was thinking about it because the numbers like right there. <laughs> like half a unit on clutch. If clutch like, is gonna win a game, this is it, right? Yeah, yeah. The group where we all disagree, boys. I'm laying three hundred for Fnatic. Okay. I don't like this game, and I don't lay three hundred. Fnatic. That kind of rolls. That's gonna roll into this next game though, where I'm also gonna bet Fnatic. <laughs> Damn, dude, you were. <laughs> You are you are a spicy meatball tonight. That's <laughs> all right. So the narrative's so, alive. So I'm gonna be on Fnatic in parlays, but I'm I don't know if I'm gonna lay 300. I think Clutch could get up for a game, and Fnatic haven't looked that good. I don't know. I also think that Fnatic just can't play this bad. Like they just can't. So they're gonna, they're gonna come out and beat Clutch, and then they're gonna back to back it by beating SKT. Okay, in the so next- you're going so Cl- SKT minus three thirty four, Fnatic plus two forty. John's on Fnatic. Pick of the week, Fnatic plus 240 against Wasn't SK. Fnatic 240 your pick of the week last week? It was. It was literally the same exact pick of the week. No, it was plus 200 last week. All right. I'm getting so. better odds this time. All right, so. Yeah, I'm off that. If, I think if we see Fnatic, not this shell of a team that we've been seeing, if we see Fnatic, I don't give a shit. What, I, I want to reiterate this because I want to make it a point. I don't give a shit what Reckless is playing. Yeah, I just want to see Fnatic playing Fnatic League of Legends. If Fnatic's playing but, Fnatic League of Legends, this odd, these odds are way off, and I think SKT is the best team in the tournament. Here's here's what everyone needs to remember: or one of the two when best teams. Betting, when you're betting in general, you're betting the number. Well, like I had a reason to bet Fnatic plus two hundred against SKT the first time, right? And I think yeah. it was a very legitimate reason to bet them against SKT at plus two hundred. What, what has changed? Yeah, what has changed? Nothing has yeah. changed. Now I'm getting plus two forty. I think they underperformed in that first performance. I think they underperformed in their first three games. But nothing has changed about the team. I still think that the exact same things I thought the first time, except now I get better odds. So I'm I'm betting it again. I think it's very possible they come out refreshed and, f- and playing more Fnatic-like. And if I like them at plus 200 playing Fnatic-like, I'm gonna like him at plus two forty playing Fnatic like. So. Absolutely, I, I can totally I can totally understand this. Uh, it's it makes sense. It's uh, it's also what are the progression plays. It reminds me a lot of that kind of thing where it's like team lets down, you just double down on it the next time around. <laughs> um, Chris, Cal, Fnatic, SKT. No, we take give me SKT. Okay, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm straight up scared. Yeah, fake, not betting, but I think SKT is gonna win. Faker being fakers, terrifying. I'm with you, John. Even if Fnatic plays Fnatic game, it's if, still if, like if, if, not it's likely. Some, it's just yeah, a lot more likely than what we've seen. If you if you look at the game before against if they play against uh, Clutch Gaming and then you like say like hey they play like, yeah if you, if you watch Clutch and took the nameplates off and said oh yeah that team is playing against this team you like, exactly oh, shit, this should be minus fifteen hundred but exactly I'm on John's side like this goes back to the first thing we said on the cast besides the introduction right which was you can't overreact to three games there's certain things certain evidence that you can pull that is relevant. But by and large, there's a big time overreaction in these kind of tournaments. You see big time. You see how much detail we went into on three games for each of these teams. <laughs> We're putting this under the biggest microscope. I know. When in I just, reality, don't, I just like, don't think it's an overreaction. I just think SKT is just just a far better team. Yeah, you know that, and mean? that's reasonable like, too. Like that that makes a lot of sense too. Like you can I'll just be honest, this. Too, like like sometimes something just clicks for me in my mind. Where I just like I can't see it going another way. It's the gut. And I, I think Fnatic's going to win this game. It's and the I, gut. I, it's going another. Way. I talk about all the time. The most like blatant one for me was when 
Team Liquid had the had their finals match right after the thing with Double Up's parents happens. Yeah, and and I'm like, I don't, just don't see a universe ever where that happens with his parents and then they lose. I just yeah. don't see it ever happening. And so sometimes things in the universe just seem like they're cl- like they click. It's a gut instinct, like what you're talking about. Something tells me that this is the big upset of this weekend that makes this group super exciting is Fnatic beating up here. Well, I think, and we've talked about this before, but the the whole concept of, like, the instinct like that is just, like, I think it was LSV actually said it, but, like, there's a, that kind of gut instinct is your brain just doing a million factors and variation and variance and, and calculations faster than you realize it. It's just like spitting oh. it on answer immediately. And when it you honestly, when you're it, when you're well versed enough in something, there's something to that. You need to be a certain amount versed it. in it. Yep. A hundred percent in poker when you've been playing for a long time, sometimes you've just seen this situation with this kind of guy enough times that your brain just automatically goes, nah, this guy's this guy That's full of it. Nah, this guy has it a hundred percent. Like you've just seen it. I folded Sorry, a slight tangent, but one of my favorite poker stories, I folded Kings pre-flop one time in 10 years of playing poker professionally. I folded it one time. It was some like, he must have been 110 years old with an oxygen machine, and he hadn't played a hand in like six hours. And I raised Kings, and this guy re-raised me, and I just folded Kings. I was just like, this guy hasn't played a hand in six hours. No way he re-raises anything in the whole game except for aces. Like, I've been here before. But yeah, sometimes, you know, you've seen the situation enough times that, that, that you're something... like, you don't even need to like think like there's just, it just happens. Like you just get it. Yeah. I, I, and look, about this game. To me, this, to me, the whole, the whole factor of before the tournament started, I would have bet this like, and I don't, not enough has changed. Like three games isn't enough to move the needle for me unless it's like been like a train wreck and Fnatic have been bad, but it hasn't been like train wreck bad. Right. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be light on this. You might be heavier than I am because your guts in in line here, but I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be probably light on Fnatic as well. Nobody try to get a loan from me after Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be homeless by then. <laughs> Clutch plus three thirty three. RNG minus five hundred. Uh, uh, I'm out on. Clutch. I'm out on Clutch. Moment looks too big. Maybe they loosen up once they're eliminated because they'll be mathematically yeah. eliminated if they lose to Fnatic. I mean, what's the difference between them loosening up and the way that <laughs> they're playing good, right that's, now? That's a good point. That's fair. <laughs> um, any love for Clutch, Calvin, Mister Underdog? No, not this time. <laughs> uh, SKT minus a thousand, uh, minus a thousand. Clutch, <laughs> Dude, Clutch get the same thing. They have to play the the bad team gets to play the two juggernauts in the group and all these. Right, this is the group of yeah. death. Unfortunately, Clutch have to play against RNG. Get mathematically eliminated. Oh, they're already going to be mathematically eliminated. They're going to get smashed by RNG and then to play against SK Telecom afterwards. And SK Telecom that's mad because they just lost the Fnatic. Oh, that, all right, all right. <laughs> if you go in the full the full script, right? They need to bounce back. Just no way. <laughs> no chance. No way. Um, Fnatic plus one seventy five. RNG minus two fifty. This. If you are a fan of the Fnatic recuperation. This is good. Like, these are decent odds, too. Yeah, assuming... So, let me ask you guys this. Assuming that I'm correct up until now, what are the chances Fnatic loses to RNG here after beating Clutch and then beating SKT? Um, Man. Loses to RNG? Yeah, what are the chances that they beat those other two teams and then lose to RNG? Oh, Uh, like 90%. That's pretty good for me, though. I think it's like... If they actually beat those other two teams, I think it's like almost nil that they lose this game. <laughs> what? 
I just maybe I'm not. I just, dude, yeah, I just like RNG. I, I don't know. I think RNG is gonna. If Fnatic loses either one of those other two games, I think RNG wins this game. If Fnatic wins the other two games, I think Fnatic wins this one too. So you're right. basically you're all in on the momentum sweet. play. Yeah. I re- I think Fnatic is big on that because they look kind of shaky right now. If they can get some confidence, them, if they get it like behind them, I think I think they'll finish strong. And not that it always matters, but look back at Fnatic's history at Worlds. They they have a number of times where they started groups very badly and then came back. They are start. the only team to come back from O three. Yes, they so, they have a number of years where they did this. So that's, um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Just uh, out of curiosity, I put in a fanatic, full fanatic parlay. Okay, <laughs> full fanatic parlay would pay out eleven and a half to one. Momentum. Roughly eleven and a half to one if you want to do the the fanatic momentum parlay. It's, um. I will not be doing that. However, I could understand. Yeah, I, I could understand bigger. taking them in in these games individually. If it was twenty to one, I would make it my pick of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this happens. Um, <laughs> like I have this mindset, and maybe this is why I don't bet. I just suck at this. But I would be on more of the opinion if they lost SKT that they could win against RNG. Well. What's why? the situation if they lose to SKT? What is the situation in the group? They're, I mean, they're out, right? By then, they're out. No, I think if they're eliminated, they get smashed. If they, if they can't make the yeah. top two, I think they get handled by RNG. RNG. They, they just won't even try in that game. I, I don't think. I don't know, All man. Right. Those, those All LEC right. teams and their pride. I will defer to you guys. Yeah, I don't know. This is... I, I'm going to have to think more on this one. I, I would okay. actually lean RNG because I I, I don't know. I'm My flags. I'm passing yeah. this. I'm passing this. Group D. Group D. Sunday. Calvin, you got. What do you? You're on RNG there or no? Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. I respect your opinion. All right. <laughs> For now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do Group D because we're running a little over here. Um, yeah. HQ plus five fifty. Invictus minus a thousand okay. against Invictus. You said it. You said it. This is <laughs> you. Be Invictus for, that that would be their one. Are you loss. off? Are you I, off the bet against Invictus? I, I, I think I have. I think I had their in my write up. Like their losses were to HQ, or at least one of their losses was to HQ in my write up. We said on the podcast last week, like, yeah, like is HQ going to get a game in this series? And like, I remember we talked about the scoop was before Calvin got on. We were like, oh yeah, is HQ going to get a game in this series? And you were like. Oh yeah, maybe they'll get a game. Who's it going to be against Invictus? Like without hesitation, right? <laughs> and then we brought Kavanaugh on, caught him up to speed. I asked Kavanaugh, I was like, "You think HQ gets a game?" He's like, "Yeah, I think they'll get a game against who? Invictus." Like it was just like universal. Like so, is HQ going to get a game uh, from Invictus? The group might be too close here for HQ to get a game. If Invictus was yeah, I don't know. HQ is probably in second, so yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to be in second. <laughs> All right, so you're on HQ then. That's got to be your pick of the week then. No, not yet. Pretty good. All right. Good. I, 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 I ain't touching this one. Honestly, I'll. I'm an, I'm not probably not even going to touch the spreads or total in this either, unless it's out of line. We'll see. Um, liquid plus one ten, damn one minus one fifty. This one's interesting to me because yeah, I, I, I think you just have to take value here. This one's pretty tough. I'd like to see Liquid with a little bit more. I'd like to get plus one twenty yeah. on Liquid. I mean, and make them say I got all these from one book. Bet 365 yeah. is usually pretty in line with stuff, but you could chop around and find a plus 120, I'm sure. Yeah, man, I'd, I'd like to get slightly better odds. 
because I don't think I want Dan one at minus one fifty because I think it's pretty it's close to fifty fifty. Yeah, I do too. That's where I'm at. That's why I think it's this is just like this is just like half or one unit on the dog, just on principle because I think yeah. these teams are even. Yeah, I'm fine with the plus one ten. I'm not sure I'm going to bet it if it moves a little bit. Yeah, I'll definitely bet it. Calvin, Chris, mm, I think I like Liquid here. Yeah. I'm not a better, but I like Liquid here. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to bet this one to be honest with you. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know what damn one's going to show up, or if which damn one's going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, or if they are very two faced. You're right. So, Impact might just get bodied all three games. I'm not gonna lie. He's been, fact, he's been so good so far that maybe yeah, it's he might, just he like, might have oh, just been yeah. faking. Like he might have been pretending. It's he might time, just be all it's three. Time, games. It's time to crash and burn now. But I, I don't know. He like doesn't though. He like never does that badly. It's true. It's true. Historically, he almost never does. But he, I he elevates sometimes. Bad. But he's almost never bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Liquid minus 500 HQ plus 333 pass for me. No thanks. No because thanks. the week. HQ. Oh, okay. All right. I'm baking on HQ's sweet early game and draft, and to play spoiler in this group. Jelani sounded personally offended. I'm sorry. I think I think when it comes down to it, I think when it comes down to it, and if you believe TL is going to win, and if you believe, I don't know how far he's going to get actually, because if Damwon beats TL, and then. HQ can play spoiler if they beat TL in this game, and that's basically it. And even though TL might try, I feel like they're going to try too hard, and we're going to see a poor double lift performance. <laughs> HQ is going to come out on top. Perfect draft. And they're going to beat TL in their game. What kind of well, jersey do you want, Calvin? I'll jersey bet this with you. What would you, what'd you say? What kind of jersey do you want? I'll buy you a jersey if Liquid lose this game. Buy me a sweet Bears Cleo Mac jersey. All right, you got it. This game, Liquid. There's no way in hell Liquid's losing this game. This is this is where they break the narrative. They're not choking anymore. There's no way they lose this game. They will, however, possibly lose against Invictus in a game that we will get to in a little bit. This is next game. Okay, I'm gonna uh, write. Th- yeah. I'm gonna write this down. This is the jersey bet. This is the jersey <laughs> bet. <laughs> You want me to get you like a Dan Marino jersey? <laughs> get the no! I ain't wearing any Dolphins merchandise right now. Um. Damwon, this one's interesting. Damwon plus 120, Invictus minus 163. Is this just, again, value, just like the Liquid Damwon game? Um, I'm not going to bet this game. I think Invictus is going to win. Okay. I'm going to be on Damwon. I'm an I'm a IG fanboy, so yes. That's fair. I could I could see either side. Because 163 and 150, it's a little heavy, but like you could you could take if, – if you feel strongly enough that those teams are going to win the game, it's worth taking. I'm just going to be taking the dog in both spots here, I think. Just on principle. Not for much. Damwon minus 800 AHQ plus 450. What if Damwon has lost both their games leading into this? And they'd be 3-3, three and three, so they'd still need... Or they'd be 2-3, and three, so they still need to win. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I don't see any... I don't see HQ winning. No. Uh, I'm trying to find a scenario where they might, but I don't see them winning. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. Invi- this one, all right. So this is it. This is the final game of group stage. Invictus minus two hundred, Liquid plus one fifty. I think Invictus. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. What? Pick of the week. Wow. Chris is on Liquid. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm with you on Liquid, but I, here's the thing. This is what's tricky. I'm gonna be betting Liquid against Damwon and Liquid against Invictus, but I don't think Invi- I don't think Liquid are gonna. Like go three zero, no. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I just no, think, no, 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 no. 
I think one of those is going to win, and you're just up money. Like, they're going to win one of those games, I think. If you don't think they're going to win either, then don't do what I'm doing. But I like this pick. You just take the the better of the two numbers. Like, I, I really do think all of these teams are very close. Like, they're very close to even, so I think just taking the dog is right. I got a side bet for you on this game. Okay. I'm very confident that Invictus is going to win, but here's my side bet for you. <laughs> okay. I'm willing to bet some fun thing that Ning will play this game. Ooh. I don't care if he plays any of the other games. I think Ning will play this game, and I think Invictus will win. All right. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that Ning What kind plays. of odds? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me come up with some take odds it, for this take one. Take it. Take it. What kind of odds are we going to come up with here? What do we think is fair? Four to one? This is the full squad revenge game. Invictus will have the top two locked up going into this game. And this is the revenge game for MSI and Ning plays and a dumpster liquid. That's my like, this is this is like this is like a beer versus a, a six pack. Yeah, right? I'm down for that. Okay, I'm down for that. So we'll do. Okay. I'll give you like six to one on a beer's worth of money. Okay. <laughs> so we'll do That's six cool. to six to one. We'll do a literal six pack versus a literal. Yeah. Beer. So we'll do six to one. Ning starts. Okay. I like it. Because in my scenario, it works out, too, because Chiel will be That's eliminated fair. by them. <laughs> I think the only scenario that Ning starts is if they're desperate. That's Which the they might scenario. be here. Right. It's possible. No, He starts gonna... because he says, listen, I got to get my pride back from MSI. And the coaches are like, well, we're already in the top two. Let's see what you got. He comes in and they dumpster liquid. That's and how yeah, they And then put you themselves in this, they'll put themselves in this drop like, controversy to for the <laughs> I believe it's six to one. That was in the back was placed. I'm not going to take. I'm it writing. Back. I'm writing a whole book yeah. about the narratives this weekend. Um. Yeah. Welcome to you're you're the mayor of Narrative Street. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So pick of the week. John's got Fnatic plus two forty against SKT. Chris has Liquid plus one fifty against Team Liquid. Calvin has HQ plus three thirty three against. Oops. Who was it? Uh, Liquid. Team Liquid. Um. Which one did I? I liked Liquid against Dam One. Uh, oh, I liked Game against Splice and Game against J Team. Which one do I like more, though? Hmm. Hmm. Gam. 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 Splice. Nah, Splice is too easy. But that's better odds. Though. Is it easy? Because I feel like everyone's hating on Splice. <laughs> I might be buying into the recency bias. You're I'm right. gonna You're right. go Gam against J Team. We'll go Gam plus one twenty five against J Team. I'm riding Gam twice. But what the what the hell universe are we in that I'm riding the Gigabyte Marines two weeks in a row for pick of the week? We've been hanging around with Kelly. Like God damn! Like what is wrong with me? We've been hanging around with. Kelly. I hate this team so much. But... Uh, sorry. Uh, this is like the equivalent of me just like system betting Gen G and like the the, revert, the inverse confidence model, right? All right, so um, I didn't have any kind of sign up sign off prepared or anything. We've we've gone way over time. We're really long. I did have a small sign off this week though. Go for it. I'll, I just wanted to expand just very briefly on something that I was talking about on Twitter the other day that I think a couple people liked, which is about the attitude that you take towards things. Um, specifically the post that I made was about saying like jumping on people if their information is slightly incorrect and acting just generally like a know-it-all, you know, the well, actually syndrome, uh, actually. actually. And I just, and I just want to say in reference to that, that is a thing that I think a lot of people don't realize 
is impressive to stupid people and extremely unimpressive to the people that you want to be impressing. Like being in a conversation that a and someone's like, you know, zebras are 300 years old. And you're like, actually, zebras are 372 years old. That might be kind of impressive to really stupid people that are just like, oh, wow, he knew the exact amount of years. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting in a room with a CEO, like a future potential employer that you want, who's a smart guy who knows what's going on, that kind of attitude is very, very detrimental to their like interest in you. Why did you waste that five seconds of my life? <laughs> that's yeah, that, like, that's honestly that's like the half the time that's what everybody i think real, yeah that's exactly what they're gonna think is they're gonna think like yeah he estimated 400 years like 373 is like it's irrelevant to this conversation the difference between 373 and 400 is irrelevant you're just trying to act smart we see directly through it and it tells me immediately just that you're insecure, insecure. and yep. you probably don't know that much about what's going on i said in my post and this is the last thing i'll say but I've known a lot of guys who are like millionaires, like poker players and businessmen who are very rich and very smart. And almost none of those guys are really arrogant and in your face about their knowledge. Some of them get a little arrogant about their money and their spending, but they're almost never arrogant about their knowledge. When I hear in poker is the best example I can use. When I hear a guy say like, hey, I played my jacks this way. What do you guys think? Guys that are like mid-range or bad at poker go like, oh, that's the stupidest way you can play jacks. Like, that's so dumb to play jacks like that. But he good players, yeah, good players will always say like, well, why did you play your jacks that way? I want to like understand your thought process. And they'll almost never tell you that what you did sucked. They might say like, well, I'm not sure it's optimal. Like, I think maybe this is more optimal. But bad players or mediocre players will just jump all over you. And it's true in all areas of life. People that act like that are almost never the smartest, most knowledgeable people. You know why? So if you act like that sometimes, think about it. Because discourse should be constructive for both parties. And just in general. A lot of things in life are really hard and really complicated. And even like if you're a great professional poker player, then you recognize how complicated poker is. And when a guy tells you he played his jacks like that, you're like, I could see a bunch of reasons to play your jacks like that. I want to know if you're on the right base. Like, there's, do we also, know- there's also data points, too. Like, that's yeah. constantly collecting information. It's like, okay, maybe if I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of these guys, that's information for me to know, too. It's like, And I can think about, well, like, that's just the truth about almost so many things yeah. in life. Is when the, when the guy tells the jacks hand, if you're really, really good, you can think of 100 reasons to play jacks that way and 100 reasons to not play jacks that way. And you want to know what this guy's thought process was that led him there. Does this guy play a certain way that made you think that? Are you playing a certain way that made you think that they would view you a certain way? They want to know all that. They don't just go, oh, you did that with jacks. You suck. Like, that's a bad mentality. Yeah, I think we, we see, like, I mean, we see a lot of that in just, like, this field in general, too, is, like, I mean, we might, like, jokingly poke fun at each other for a pick or something like that, but you almost never see us criticizing each other for a picks because it's about the process, and as long as you have sound logic and reasoning for something, it's usually fine, right? There's almost no bets that I'll criticize from almost anyone, yeah. as long as they can tell me why they think that. Also, there's a certain point, there's a certain element of the bottom line, too. Like, it's weird because, like, it, it's so little about the bottom line, but it's also so much about the bottom line, right? Like, how – there's a million different ways to get there is the point I'm making. Like, it's it, – there's a million different ways to get there as long as you have reasoning and – like, it, as long as it's it, – it makes sense, like, conceptually. It's what we criticize these teams for building for, too, right? Like – Yeah. D- does this make sense top to bottom? Like, does this coach make sense for this player, make sense for this player, does it make sense for this play style, et cetera? It, there's a million different iterate. There's a million different applications to this idea. It's and, all about how you reach that conclusion. 
If yeah. you tell me you're going to bet FPX because their jerseys are orange and you like orange, then I'm going to criticize you. If you tell me that you're going to bet, if I said I hate FPX and you tell me you're going to bet them because you think that TN is going to take advantage of blah, 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 I don't even care what your reasoning is or if I agree with it, I'm fine with you making that bet. Dude, it's just about having a decent theory we, and reason. We got we to gotta spend, we got to do an off season podcast on results oriented thinking because I feel like mm-hmm. we could go on about this shit forever. So. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to. Um, I don't really have anything in particular. I'd say just enjoy these groups. Cal, have you got anything? Yeah, I'm going to do it real quick. Um, I know group stage or Worlds isn't over yet, but I feel like we got through all the hard parts between play-ins and basically then a group stage. But I really do want to say thank you to everyone out there who's been listening and been, like, wishing us, like, good luck and thanking us every day. You know, it, like, really affects from the bottom of my heart, like, from all throughout this entire season and to – this group stage, you know, like, you know, after the group stage is over, you know, it, I feel like it's kind of easy from here on out. But I just want to say thank you to everyone. You know, all the positive words from everyone has been just enjoyable. And, you know, we really do appreciate helping you guys just, you know, win money. Yeah, they was just making a living, you know, supplement your income, income or just, you know, you guys just listening in just to have fun and just tune in. You know, we really do thank you from like our bottoms of hearts. So that's just really it. It might not seem like much to some people, but it is a little bit of a sacrifice to do this podcast. And it means a lot to to have people actually care and listen to it and, and respond to it. I mean, for me, that's one night of the week that I don't spend. I have two kids and a wife and it's one night of the week that I don't spend almost any time with my kids and wife. Like that's a sacrifice to make to do this. So knowing that somebody cares about it is, it really does mean a lot. <laughs> do I get to, 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 piggyback off of the uh again like yeah we're definitely thankful i'm gonna piggyback off this and say if you feel that way feel free to rate review on itunes and just the shameless plug like all the shameless plug, rate review on itunes and make sure you write a review because then it gets <laughs> really no really though like if you guys if you guys have we we love the interaction we do uh write questions to us leave comments leave a review i don't even care if it's a bit like if you don't like it leave a bad review whatever it's fine but leave reviews interact with us on twitter be constructive. We want to build a community of like of of being constructive and having fun with this kind of thing, right? Because none of us care about the dude that's like getting on your case if you got one wrong pick, right? We there's another thing that goes back to that point. Those guys don't have a lot of IQ or logic. I do. <laughs> so we actually difficulty starting right about this point. There's only about thirty or forty five seconds more worth of time. We just wanted to wish everybody good luck and uh, next time I'll try not to hit the stop record button when we do. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.